your content for the Last Ones In podcast. Where being late to the party isn't a bad thing. I am your host, Jariah Archuleta. And join with me through the internet today, we have E. Hello. Robbie. Hey, guys. And then all the way from across the country, we have Rocky. Hey. And today, the lists we'll be taking a look at are the worst of the year of what we watched, and we're going to decide what's the worst of the worst, and um, then we're going to have the best, and we're going to get our uh, top three best of the year, which will be fun, probably. Totally won't turn into a huge fight between the four of us. Not at all. The lists that we did prior to this are everybody's top threes, best of genre, including drama, horror, and adventure. And um, then we did best of the months, which will be throwing that list that's completed. And that's what's going to be our top 12 of figuring out what is our top three. So if you haven't listened to any of that stuff yet, go and listen to that. That'll give you a little more context what we're doing here. Also, due to... COVID-19 stuffs and scares at various workplaces for us. We are doing this all remote. So if there is a difference in audio from what you are used to in the show, that will be the reason why. But without further ado, let's start our worst of list. And uh, Robbie, go ahead and start naming those off. There's a fuck ton of them. We didn't pare these down. These are just what wasn't the best of. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. If it's not the best, then it's on the worst list. Yeah. So for the worst of, we have Primal Fear, Gattaca, Home Alone, Christmas Prince, Krampus, End of Days, Powerpuff Girls, Pandorum, Wrist Cutters, Blue Valentine, The Last Kiss, National Lampoon's Vacation, I Lost My Body, It Follows, Reefer Madness, Cheech and Chong Up in Smoke, Half-Baked, This is the End, Brothers, Ghostbusters, Deer Hunter, The Hunt, Greatest Showman, Terror Vision, The Wailing, Rashomon, Blade Runner 2049, Spirit Stallion of the Cimarron, El Mariachi, The Life of Brian, Breakfast Club, A Whisker Away, Foster's Home for Imaginary's Friends, Dunkirk, The Shining, Monster House, The Cell, Dr. Sleep, The Family Fang, and finally, This Is Where I Leave You. Yeah, so, you know, we just have one or two to look through to figure out which ones were the worst. (laughs) I'm wondering if this is going to take longer than our best of. I'm actually not sure. I don't think it will. I mean, there's some stuff that we can automatically say are not the worst of. I feel like there's also some agreeable just bad movies. Anyways. Yeah, I think there are we, some pretty agreeable bad movies, but I feel like some of the best of of like, I, I know this isn't going to make the list, but I want to go higher up on what's not going to be on the list like that might happen with this again. Well, the list is only three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> our best of is just going to be what is our top three, which I think that one that one might be easy, might be hard. I don't know. Uh, we'll see when we get there. But this one, yeah, yeah, there's definitely some movies on our worst of that we can all agree are bad. I feel like the movies that are actually good are the ones that we should probably uh, take out of the running. Like, right. I feel like right away we could probably take out, uh, you know, things that we all agreed were good, like The Wailing or Doctor Sleep or, you know, some of those movies. Right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. All right. So, yeah, take out The Wailing. That's no longer in the running for worst. Life of Brian, I, we, you know, kind of all agree isn't the worst, I'd say. 
Black I mean, Prime if we just really go down, if we just go down the list, we know Primal Fear and Gattaca may as well get off the list because they're not going to make it as as the worst. Even True. if even if no one had very strong feelings about them, yeah, <laughs> they're very right in the middle when it came to yeah. some of the movies that we watched. I doubt Home Alone's going to make yeah. the top three. Yeah. I and haven't for that seen movie being a huge trope. It's not bad. Um, Christmas Prince, I think, is, like, super corny and maybe not great, but maybe not the worst, but let's not get rid of it yet. Yeah, yeah I would say let's hold on least. to it for now, because that was, like, we did shit on that movie quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Krampus is not good. Krampus can stay on this list, and we can't cut that out yet. I mean, Probably same with End, end of Days. days like... Let me say it for you, I know. We can take it off the list. I don't know. We put all... that on the best of list. <laughs> <laughs> Keep that tasty sauce Satan in the mix. Oh gosh. Of oh, the best of runnings. I think Powerpuff yeah, Girls can be taken off worst of. Yeah. yeah. I think it's fine enough. Yeah, we are fine. keeping end of days on this list though, right? Absolutely. Yeah, we are. One hundred percent. Um uh, Veronum can probably Pandorum. it can be Pandorum. taken off. Because like, despite really how, broke like, mine and Robbie's heart if, if you guys said I was going to stay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's one of those like, despite how much Dry was like, I don't like this movie. Like, I think he can agree it's not the worst that we've seen this year. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Uh, risk cutters can be taken off. Well, it's almost on the Definitely. best of list, so there's no way it's going to be. <laughs> right. I feel like I lost my body can be taken off too. Well, we're going in order right now. Oh, okay. Uh, Blue Valentine, I think, can be. Taken off, unless you have an argument for it. I can barely remember it, so I'm not <laughs> oh, gonna. All right, that, that could be an argument within itself, but no, like I don't know. I did. I mean, it didn't make me mad enough to want it on this list. I just didn't enjoy it much, from what I remember. Speaking of mad enough, the last kiss. E. I mean, I am obviously in the minority about my opinion on that, so I'm not gonna say it's deserves to be taken down specifically for me i don't think that's really fair for the movie i mean this is the this is the podcast not just you know it's got to be everyone's opinion matters here uh, listen everyone's opinion matters some people's opinion just matter more okay and i'm saying mine doesn't <laughs> <laughs> no, i mean it's a like i was i was very mad in the moment i've quote unquote mellowed out i still don't like the movie at all but i'm not it's i don't think it's bad it's just not anything i like okay if that makes sense so unless someone else wants to argue for it to be on the worst no i think we can take that off then yeah i agree national lampoon's vacation yeah that was funny i don't yeah Yeah, it had some it had some you know 80s that are 80s moments that are somewhat cringy now and some bad faith humor. I don't know if it's the worst movie that we've seen, but no, it's definitely not. It's uh, definitely it's, not the best. I still don't even think I'd say it's bad. Anyways. Yeah, it's not bad. Uh, I lost my body. You can be taken off this. It's a good movie. Yeah, despite me falling asleep while watching it. You should have. <laughs> I don't think you rewatched it, did you? Yeah, you didn't even rewatch it. Give us a new score. Not. <laughs> We're gonna put it back on next year's. <laughs> Just so Robbie actually watches it this time. The movies Robbie fell asleep to list. <laughs> Wait, Robbie, you you fell asleep to that movie? Very tired that night. Which movie did you fall asleep to? Just so I know we're on the same page. Uh, I lost my body. 
Yeah, I well, saw that Betty one. Okay. Land. You did, yeah, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It follows. It's a good movie. It's well made, and it is enjoyable, even though E found it boring. Yeah, sure. Yeah, there's, there's no way that's going on the top three worst. Yeah, yeah. I, Reefer I Madness, wanna, on the other hand, though. I want to make a case for Reefer Madness staying here. Yeah, same yeah. here. Like, yeah. Despite the fact that it's fun to make fun of and, like, it's kind of a fun movie to, like, watch in retrospect of it, like, it's all in all just, like, a, kind of a really bad propaganda movie. I mean, even if you just take the production value into questioning, like, it's just not even well made <laughs> is the other problem. Yeah. I remember you pointed out the scene where when the girl's just kicking everywhere, she kicks up the carpeting. Yeah. Quote unquote. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that can stay on this list, I think. Yeah. Up and Smoke's fine. Yeah, it's completely fine. It's not a bad movie. It's just is what it is. Yeah. That can get taken off. It's uh when sketch comedians make movies in like early production. Yeah, yeah. Or I guess like like not early production, but like in early days of people who normally make sketch comedy are making a movie yeah. kind of movie. Yeah. Half baked I almost want to make a case for, but I think there's just a lot of Stuff around that I got annoyed with, so I don't the know. The problem is that movie is a freaking cult classic. Have yeah, because I would, I, I would put it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, legitimately, like people like that movie. Yeah, I mean, I, I learned that I have weird taste in movies. Apparently, It Falls was a really well loved movie. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would be okay with putting Half Baked on. Uh, I honestly list. think I would be okay with putting Half Baked on the list too. I know that wouldn't be a very popular decision. Okay. I just, I don't know, there's not a lot. I don't think it's going to actually get on to the top three, but I kind of feel like maybe... You never know. Be. You never do. I think there could be an argument for it. So we just say then it stays on? Yeah. 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 Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're probably like, oh, eat a dick. I mean, fine, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I don't, uh, this is the end. I, I enjoyed that not. movie. It can be taken off the list, yeah. I don't think it's bad in any respect. It's just maybe it's definitely of its time of the 2012s and whatnot. Brothers. Um, I don't think enough to warrant it on this list. Yeah, yeah. There's stuff I definitely didn't like about it. Tobey Maguire, for sure. But, like, I didn't dislike him enough to say that it's entirely a bad movie. I keep, I keep mixing... I thought, I thought we were talking about... I, I thought it was Deer Hunter. <laughs> I keep mixing up what the movie is. <laughs> They're both similar that one, themes. It I'll give you that. Deserve, yeah, that one definitely doesn't deserve to be on the list. Yeah. Between Brothers and Deer Hunters, I think you guys would take this off the list before Deer Hunter. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ghostbusters. It's obviously not, not going to so be on this list. What happened with Ghostbusters is really weird because it won <laughs> something against Princess uh, Princess Bride. And then it lost to Princess Bride, so it's actually really frustrating for me to see it on this list. <laughs> well, it doesn't deserve to be on the list, so it's it's taken off the worst of. It should uh, be on the best of. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Deer Hunter. I don't think there's enough to warrant it being on this list. I think there's a lot of weird and arguably bad decisions, but I don't know about bottom tier material. Yeah, it's not bottom tier, but I gotta say, I really, even thinking about it now, I just get bored thinking about the movie. Like, it's just, th there's like one interesting scene with the first, 
time they play Russian Roulette. And then the movie just doesn't know what to do after that, and so they just keep playing Russian Roulette. And the first half of the movie, before they're even in the war, is so fucking long. And, like, it's cool because you get to learn these characters. But, like, the best scene of the movie is 45 minutes into the movie when everyone's drunk. And then the movie's just down fucking hill from that point on. I think I agree it doesn't deserve to be on this list. But I just gotta say, it's, it, does, it's, it does not hold up well. It's a bad movie, I think. It's a long drink of something thick and green, but not healthy. <laughs> the listeners don't have any context of that. <laughs> they don't need it. Uh, the Hunt, that's a good movie. That's a yeah, good that, movie. That's a great yeah. movie. And then, despite, I think, me and E having issues with The Greatest Showman, it doesn't deserve to be on the worst of. Like, that movie is, it, like, within itself, it's a very fun movie to watch. Terror Vision's absurdity, I think, is enough to keep it off this list. Because again, they knew what they were doing, and even right. if some parts are like technically bad, I it's just too insane to be called bad. I would argue. Yeah, like it's definitely not a bad movie. They know exactly what they're going for, and they hit that mark. So I think I think it can get taken off the list. Uh, Rashomon, I feel like I've just. It just needs to stay on. Just needs to stay on, and let's move on to the next. (laughs) (laughs) I'm in total agreement. I actually have never seen this movie. I think I know. I know. Last pod. I know. Last podcast episode. I said I saw this movie, but I've also never seen this movie. And you can decide which one's true. I'll it's let just you like know, Rashomon. I have seen this movie, but I have not seen this movie. Oh. <laughs> it's a lie that I just throw out there. So I'm lying, I just don't know about which one. Or I know, but you don't know. Or maybe we both don't know. I don't know. But So my opinion on Rashomon is not valid whatsoever. I, mean, I, I think it can be taken off almost for the historical significance it has. Yeah, like that movie was a huge... All right, it made a huge milestone for media in general let alone western media i heard it's known to tear friendships apart <laughs> i heard that's a real party of cinema <laughs> uh yeah that can be taken off uh blade runner 2049 easily taken off i think well let's i think we can have a conversation about that <laughs> okay what's the, what's the conversation rocky <laughs> <clears throat> when things aren't good they're bad uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> falls under that. And category. usually, bad movies tend to have wooden horses in them. That's true, and I do remember a wooden horse in this movie. The unicorn. Was there a unicorn? Even in this worse movie? movies have unicorns. Actually, I don't like, know. Seen... It might just be a wooden it? horse in this one. I th- no, was it? Oh wait, no. Weren't you? Yeah, someone saying like it's. Weren't someone saying like it's the you can't exactly tell or whatever, and it's symbolism. Right, like it looks like it may have had a horn at one point, but it was ripped off. Which may be anyway. very purposeful for that movie. <laughs> but nevertheless, even worse movies have unicorns. Have you seen Tom Cruise in Legend? <laughs> that is a stellar point. I think it needs to stay on the list. <laughs> I think Robbie just nailed it in the coffin, you know? All right, yep. It stays on the list. Also, I think I'm the only one who knows what movie I'm talking about right now. Yep. I'll, cha- I'll champion your cause. <laughs> no, take it off the list. It's a great movie. Uh, it's a good movie. Speaking of horses, though. Yeah, Spirit, I think, has a case for staying on the list. Yeah, me yeah. too. Especially with, like, when it came to, like, disappointing things on the list. 
like I don't even know if I would say disappointing, but just like unremarkable in every way. Yeah. It's so it's such an aimless movie. Remarkable, as you said. There's nothing remarkable about the movie. There's nothing that you stick with to the point where there are so many people who didn't who don't even remember the movie, right? Jiraiya included. Yeah. He thought the horses <laughs> talked. <laughs> they absolutely don't. Which is a weird choice on their end. And then like I guess you can say the remarkable things on there is like I think at it is I want to say for its time, maybe still it holds some records for some of the animation. But the way that they do the animation apparently just comes off as cheap CGI. Yeah, yeah. Which is weird because it's very expensive animation. Yeah, it was very expensive animation, but it just looks like cheap CGI. Yeah. Um, uh, anyway, so after that is El Mariachi. I don't, that's not really bad. Wait, is Spirit staying on or off? It's staying on for now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, El Mariachi, like I think you were going to say, it's not a bad movie. It just is what it is with the limitation of its budget. Yeah, but I, right. would, I would never put it down there with some of the other movies down here. Right, it's actually impressive right. with what it gets done. Yeah, it is, um, I did like what E said about that movie, about how it is kind of like, in a weird way, the best of when it comes to like, almost like, you know, fun little movies that like someone, or home movies that someone to make... Fun movies that someone would make with their friends kind of yeah. thing. Like, this movie kind of encapsulates that fun feeling of it. Yeah, yeah. We already said Life of Brian's not staying on this. Right. Yeah, yeah. I feel like we would get killed if we put Breakfast Club here. Uh, I mean, I just think Breakfast Club's a good movie, so. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I don't think it's bad anyways. I was going to say, I rather enjoy Breakfast Club, but I think that partially might be my, or my nostalgia for the movie, but... But I mean, if if I have to choose between a place between a whisker and a way and Breakfast Club, I mean, I have to keep Breakfast Club on the on the. List. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so a whisker is that it is super disappointing, but the worst. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know really about like the, the worst? worst. Like it's just it was a fifty-fifty. I think the second half could definitely be up for the worst. <laughs> yeah, but like. I don't so, imagine maybe. a really sexy person and you just like, oh, that person's legs is really sexy. And then you keep going up the legs. You're like, I like those legs. And then the upper half is just like a distorted like monster or it's just like collapsed into itself. And you're like, well, those are really good legs. How surprising. Right? <laughs> then you just find out that uh, um, that the legs are just lamps that are attached on to Violet from. Willy Wonka, or after she's been, or after she's been turned to her blueberry form. Listen, that's some people's fetish. So I feel like you should. <laughs> I do there. have that. You might not Willy be Wonka wrong. lamps on the legs fetish. <laughs> that, he's talking about. that or you know Danny DeVito playing the penguin is on, are standing on top of those lamps. That is a fetish of mine too. <laughs> you know how hard it is to get a quality video online of Daddy DeVito as penguin standing on top Call of Daddy lamps. DeVito. I call him Daddy DeVito. <laughs> what, you don't? Listen, this is his fetish. You can call him Daddy DeVito if you want to. Yeah, don't kill my fetish. Maybe just keep this one just for more conversation anyhow. Sure, sure. Now that I look, because I think there's only like five or six on the list currently. Yeah. Okay. Another movie I haven't seen with you guys, so I have zero argument for whether it's good or bad. Yeah, I think we keep Whisker on here for now. Next one is Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends. Imagine. Destination Imagination? Uh, mm-hmm. I don't think that's bad at all. I think that's actually very no, good. That's, yeah. Uh, Dunkirk, I think very, very good. 
Yeah, it's a good movie. The Shining, good movie. Uh, get fucked with The Shining, right? Keep that on the list. <laughs> Monster House. Uh, this one, I could say maybe. I think I this has to stay on the list. Yeah. I mean, not, let's be honest, though. It's not going to make the list. It's not going to make the top three. It's I don't think it'll make top three, no. but like. It should probably be off the list. Well, my whole thing with that is that it's just... (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, for me, like, there's just nothing remarkable about the movie. It's not bad. Just nothing, like, really pops out. But, I mean, again, sometimes that is enough to warrant giving it a really, like, sometimes the worst movies can just be a really boring, unremarkable movie. Yeah, I agree. I mean, there's parts to that movie, either. But, uh... The Cell. Um, I don't think it deserves to be on the worst of. I think it's unremarkable. Monster House argument again? No, I think this there's, one's there's some like... There's some cool things to The Cell. Yeah. There's some really subpar things to The Cell. There's I, I really like the um synopsis of the, the killer. Like, how, how they built the killer in this. And just for that, I want to put it on the list. Because, I mean, there, there's, there's some stuff to this I like. You know, it's not it's not bad. It's it's kind of it's like having a painting and like parts of the painting is really well done. And then the other parts just it's like incomplete or it's like the blueprint yeah, the, of the painting. Like, they're just like <laughs> I would have put here. <laughs> there's like one part where it's just like there's just the drawing of it there and they haven't painted over the drawing. And there's just like another corner where it's just black. And but there's like in the center, uh, there's something really interesting. And then there's the artist's opinion about it, about he's like writing on it. Well, this is what you're supposed to feel about this. This is what you're supposed to feel about. <laughs> there's a 30 page pamphlet you have to read before looking at it. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, we took it off. There yeah, yeah. It doesn't deserve to be on the list. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, Rocky's biggest. Um, his biggest gripe of that movie was like I was telling him, like, after I listened to the commentary with the director talking about, like, what he was trying to do for a lot of these scenes. I'd said that afterwards and like Rocky straight up looked at me. He's like, how the fuck was I supposed to guess that? But well, no, but it's, it's so, it's so dumb for like a director to bitch about it so much afterwards. You know, it's, it's, it's considered bad form in a lot of ways. You, you let the audience decide what the movie's about. You don't tell what the audience, what the movie's about. So he's not only doing that, but he's also doing, yeah, but it could come out the way I wanted it to. Right. <laughs> like there are multiple parts in the movie where it's like this wasn't in the movie, but if it was, it would have meant this. And I really wish people would have caught on to that. Like it wasn't in the movie, you asshole. <laughs> How come they didn't understand the purpose of the scene that I didn't make? Yeah, basically. Well, like the scene that they're talking about, what it was is uh he wanted to put a scene in there, and the production team's like, Yeah, you can't do that. And he was just like, Well, it's really important to the storyline, and they're like, Yeah, but you still can't do that. He's like, Well, fine then, and so in the commentary, he was explaining, like, why he made these other weird, subtle decisions. And it was mostly because, like, he had to fight production on uh, whether it was going to be in the movie or not. And then, like, uh, ultimately, he lost that fight. The Cell, is it doesn't deserve to be on the worst list, but it definitely is a failure in the sense that, you know, it really is. It is it, if, if you look at it not from the perspective of a viewer, but if you look at it from a production's perspective, a director's perspective... Even like just like from perspective art, it is a failure because it doesn't meet any standards anyone wanted for it. Yeah. That being said, I feel like that movie with uh, better writers and with, you know, better CGI these days. And uh, that movie was considered to be quite disturbing for its time. 
are, even though by nowadays standards is considered to be kind of mild. I feel like if it was redone today, like with better writing, it could be a rather good movie. So I'm hearing is it almost should make the list, but not quite. Am I understanding that right? <laughs> they did some, some good stuff. Some really good stuff in this that I feel like it should spare the list. Especially, I mean, you can't argue that the, the serial killer was so well made. Right. <laughs> we're doing so much like stuff about this movie that we're agreeing does not actually get on the list. <laughs> at least at least fifteen percent of this podcast will be dedicated to the cell. <laughs> Another movie I feel that doesn't really deserve to be on this list is the Doctor Sleep. Like I, I thought that movie was fantastic. Yeah, Doctor Sleep is very good. And one yeah, of those I, cases to where the sequel does a really good job of almost being better, if in many ways, in my opinion, being better than the uh, the first. Man, they're very different I'm, movies. All they are very different movie. movies. That's why it's, it's it is an apples to oranges comparison because like they're not the same thing, but they did a really good job with it. Like there are certain elements of Doctor Sleep I think I liked better than The Shining, but. You are right. Like when it comes down to brass tacks, they are very different movies. So it's hard to make a like set an apples to apples comparison between the two of them. But I feel like that is a good um, there's a good case for Dr. Sleep and Blade Runner 2049 of how to make a sequel years later and make it well. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, so, yeah, Dr. Sleep off the list. Yeah, the last two are family thing. And this is where I leave you. I don't think either of those really deserve to be on this list either. Same. Yeah, I don't think so either. Cool. Like both of those movies are um, rather slow burns, if you will, but they are good movies all in all. Now, with all that out of the way, here are the contenders for the worst movie of podcast year. (laughs) We got Christmas Prince, Krampus, End of Days, Reefer Madness, Half-Baked, Spirit, Stallion of the Cimarron, A Whisker Away. And Monster House. Just a pile of garbage right there. That's all we have. <laughs> um, Man, okay, this is going to be a little tough, I think, actually. I think we uh, need to look at what what's the most positive aspects of these first. Okay. So, okay, I think the most positive aspect of The Christmas Prince is it's really, it, it's a fun movie if you like watching a movie and making fun of it and, like, uh, Mystery Theater 3000 style yeah but i think that lends to it being bad actually yeah, that's, that's, that's probably shitty. its best trait if you ask me though that or like, I mean, you need to show somebody trait, like it's real shitty <laughs> well it definitely just became a serious contender for the top three <laughs> i mean like the most is it really isn't like bad bad like it's just kind of hallmark movie bad i feel well, it, Robbie like, just said it's so shitty that he just laughs. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, it's the funny thing though. is, is I heard a video essay of somebody who also didn't like the movie, but they were also saying that like they're trying to find ways to make the movie more interesting, and like they had came up with this huge fan theory about how this all takes place in a dystopian styled, um, oh yeah, a dystopian universe. Are are just a dystopian alternate universe is what they're saying. Con- are considering like you know the movie actually starts off with like a weird off brand of um uh Jingle Bell Rocks I think is what it was. Oh right. But like it's not <laughs> Jingle Bell Rocks. It's some weird like they changed the lyrics and they slightly changed the beat of it. Yeah, it's like 
it's like Kroger brand Jingle Bell Rock. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we definitely can't get rid of Christmas Prince right now. Um, Krampus, I think, also is a quite the contender to stay on here, just from the level of lack of enjoyment that we had on that movie. Yeah, uh, that wasn't uh, well. I think the most interesting part of us talking about that movie was how much shit we went through trying to get that movie. Yeah, and the most interesting part about a movie shouldn't be you going to buy that movie. Yeah. <laughs> isn't isn't yelling at an 18-year-old, just go in the back and get the fucking movie for me. <laughs> that also wasn't the case for me. That was just like, I, I can't find it. Like, you guys told me to look for it. I can't find it. But the, your website says I, you I have didn't it. even know we were watching that movie. What do you mean, you guys? <laughs> <laughs> you were part of that one, E. I was on the podcast. I didn't I didn't tell you to go look for the movie. <laughs> no, no, no. That was between me and Drya. Yeah, yeah. That whole weird thing, like, I guess for the backstory, if people either haven't watched that episode or don't want to watch that episode, then the go quick watch synopsis, that episode. Okay. Or watch that episode. <laughs> I was going to say the quick synopsis is like Dry's internet was down during that time, and we could have bought that movie the night before, but Dry wanted to try to save some money and be cheap about it. So we tried buying it the next day, and that store didn't have it, and neither did Walmart or Kmart or not Kmart, uh, Target. And, and so, like, I had to go to Best Buy and I had to, like, egg them on of like i can't find this movie but it says on your website that you have it can you check the back please and like i was at best buy for like two hours trying to get that movie yeah it was an awful situation definitely so after that that's the best thing about that movie was the awful situation just to be clear yes i mean no 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 the non-cg monsters were actually pretty well made Yeah. yeah that's true that is true like i think we even had the discussion during that podcast of like if they left the house and like they went to like the mall that where it was supposed to be like uh, the um, um I, I want to say like the not the fallout shelter, but like, the uh, you know, the winter shelter since the power went out everywhere. Yeah. If they went there and like it was them trying to run from these monsters inside of like this dark mall where it was only them there, it probably would have been a more interesting ho- horror movie. It would have been way more fun. That's for sure. Yeah. Then after that is end of days. Can I phrase this one? Yeah. If End of Days was a bucket of shit (laughs) and you stuck your hand in that bucket of shit, what jewel would you find? Topaz. You know, like those weird, like giant rings that you get out of like a 75 cent machine at the grocery store? (laughs) (laughs) I was actually going to say Grandpa's old pocket watch, but. (laughs) That would be better. At least you'd be like, oh, this has nostalgic value. Could you imagine finding a fucking 25 cent ring? (laughs) Really? This is why I was breaking apart while I was trying to pull it out of this pile of shit. To find the little plastic piece for the side. Oh, <laughs> I just like this sounds like the worst carnival game. Stick your hand in this bucket of shit and see what you get. <laughs> oh man. No, it's better than the I met carnival a game. game. Where there's an empty bucket and the dude stands over you and starts taking a shit and you have to find the thing in the bucket before. <laughs> and then it gets on your jacket. And it's really cold outside. And <laughs> find the ring before I shit on you. <laughs> uh, I think I think Rami, Only two you have the most. Play. I think you have the most positive to say about End of Days, though. You want to make any cases for. I mean, for me, like it was a nostalgia trip for that movie, and I it was years since I had watched it before, and like 
the cases that you guys made about that movie were very valid. I feel like if there's anything that is a saving grace for that movie. It's probably like the like the conversation Satan has with Arnold Schwarzenegger whenever he's trying to uh, convey him over to his side and say, like, this is why you should join me. And they're having that back and forth inside of his apartment. Uh, if there were more scenes like that in that movie, that movie would all around be way more enjoyable. But they do a lot of dumb horror tropes in there. And there was a lot of um, time constraints because they wanted this to come out before the year 2000. Because that movie was very much a product of its time because of how many people were freaking out that the world was going to end. Whenever the world or whenever the year 2000 came out, came, yeah. not came out okay and all that. Yeah. So like it was basically like that was one of its huge selling points is just like, oh, the world might end. But uh, there were like a few redeemable scenes in that movie, but there was a lot of garbage around that. And that's what I think that's why I say like grandpa's old pocket watch inside of a pile of shit, because it does have that nostalgia value for me. That one is actually a good scene, though, when Satan has that conversation. I feel like when people make movies about Satan, they just imagine a really good conversation piece. And like, <laughs> oh, that'd be so cool. And then the rest of the movie just doesn't pan out. Because usually the um, the conversations of Satan it's very interesting. Yeah, conversation yeah, of God's very boring. I don't know if you guys noticed that yet. <laughs> <laughs> that being said, though, I was going to say, like, that's why... Um, Dry, I think, actually may have even pointed out during the podcast that a movie that we should watch next year, uh, which is a better version of The End of Days, is uh, The Devil's Advocate. Yeah. 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 That'd be cool. I think, I'm just going to say, I think the fact that there is a scene that we can all agree is like, man, that scene is so fucking good in End of Days. I think maybe that gets it off the list. I don't know about off the list, but... I really hate this movie. I mean, yeah. I feel like okay. Okay. <laughs> you guys asked me to make my argument. That's my argument. It's like no, there yeah, are I... a handful of good scenes, but it's usually it's not the action scenes that everybody was like going towards. It's like those those conversation pieces there and like kind of like that, you know, whether they'll fall into temptation or not. Okay. All right. So it stays on the list for now. Um, Reefer Madness. <laughs> I have a feeling all these movies are going to just stay on the fucking list. <laughs> Here's where the real argument starts. We're going in ad infinitum, just like going back to the top. Like, okay, guys, but for real this time, Christmas Prince. No, I mean, um, it's, like, it's like being on a manure pile and arguing with each other which one's actually shit. Like, <laughs> you're on this manure pile. Each of you grabs a handful. Only one of your handfuls is actually shit. You decide. <laughs> Everyone's just gonna be really sure that their handful is shit because it is shit. <laughs> I, I think okay so reefer madness is just really bad propaganda yeah and then i i think if there's any redeeming quality to that movie it's just like it's basically just to say how bad propaganda can be and like the fact that people believe that marijuana was that bad back in the day yeah i don't have anything good to say about this movie there is yeah, not that, a that's literally the only good thing I can say about it. Other than that, like it's fun to make it like much like the Christmas prints. It's fun to make fun of it. Other than that, it's not very redeemable at all. I, I really like I think it's more just kind of boring, even though I'm not like too into like watching it to make fun of because I think there's a lot of just downtime in that movie. That's just not like it's like you remember the funny scenes like running over the grandpa which you they clearly were like 20 <laughs> feet away you remember the funny scenes but the guy playing ultimately piano, there's seriously. i know there's so much not interesting stuff about it 
There is there is the thing of it being gracefully and blissfully short, though. It feels so long. <laughs> and also, the things you make fun of about it isn't like it's not made in the spirit to make fun of. It's like when you go to like a church attendance and you make fun of the really racist people, right? But it's actually just awful. Like, yeah. 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 Uh, making fun of it is kind of up there with, uh, I guess, Draken either keep this in or cut it out i'm not sure which way he'll lean towards but like that one person who may or may not have been having a heart attack in the middle of church and he kept on saying god will save him while the pastor is like someone call our ambulance please and he's just like no no no, god will save me it's like making fun of him almost or inverse where you're having a heart attack and the pastor refuses to let you because <laughs> he says god will save you and you're just like i'm fucking dying there you go reefer bandit it's like having a heart attack and not getting saved <laughs> <laughs> all right all right there's a case to keep on this list yeah. um half-baked i am gonna make an argument to get this thing off this list yeah okay i think it's ultimately just exactly what it wants to be is a stoner movie it's real dumb and silly and i think most of it just doesn't hold up to what the standards of like a stoner movie are but most of those jokes are still just very stoner movie and like if yeah. you yeah. hand this movie to a stoner they're probably going to enjoy it this is also a very 90s movie, too, I feel. Yeah. yeah. It, you know. I mean, that being said, like, there are a couple quotable things that happen in there, but this is a movie, it is very dumb, but it's not trying to not be dumb, if that right. makes like, sense. My dislike of this movie is entirely, I just don't think stoner movies are funny, ever. Like, any really drug movies, quote-unquote, I just don't think it is very funny. So, I'm not going to say that because i don't think it's funny it deserves to be on the worst you know i feel like stoner movies like the the, the joke for a lot of stoner movies is kind of like I, I don't i don't get it myself there's some good stuff and then sometimes it's not i don't think it's funny when the joke is that you're like smoking yeah right. i think that's lamest lame as hell it's like who cares you're smoking but, yeah like yeah. i don't know yeah but yeah it's I just think... kind of I was going to say, it's a stoner humor, but to be fair, most stoners aren't quite that funny, especially when they are high, because most of them are just basically sitting on a couch and eating Doritos anyways. <laughs> Without that edginess, and as time goes by, and just, like, people realize that the whole, like, crusade against drugs is largely a sham, you know? Yeah. These movies lose that edginess, and they just, it's like, yeah, these are just smoking weed. It's very common. Uh, that is very fair, actually. Yeah. I'm going to say I don't think that Half-Baked is bad on the same level that most of these others are bad. I think we right, could take it I off agree. the list. Yes. All right, the there we go. first one to make it off the pile of shit list. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> we found the 75-cent ring. <laughs> All right. I do feel like there is a case with Spirit. It's kind of boring, but there is, like, really, really good visuals in Spirit, a lot of, like, in a lot of places. Yeah, I don't think we can we we can't discredit the map paintings and how incredible those are, honestly. And like I said, like that very beginning scene, the one that drives like, well, that looks like cheap CGI. Apparently, that was like a 30 layered. Sorry. Uh, uh, yeah, 30 layers of like different paintings put together to make like this cohesive uh, look through. I want to say the Midwest during that time. But yeah, but I, you can definitely see why people didn't keep doing that technique, though. Yeah, yeah, you definitely can. <laughs> also, is stupid expensive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we, the one thing that I kept on saying about that movie was just like, like, oh, like this movie would have been better because like another movie that did really cool scenes like that too would probably be like you know Atlantis or uh, Titan AE or um, 
the road to El Dorado and stuff yeah. like that. But like, I think like all those. a lot of those like 2000s animations, like I said, the one one of the reasons why I want to talk about it, too, is because like all those movies were kind of showing like the death of animation and the birth of CGI and like how there is that transition in the early 2000s between them. That was probably one of the worst examples of it. But like, despite it being boring, <laughs> I don't want to say it's like the worst movie we've seen. It's just very yeah. down the road, if you will. Like they did a right. lot of experiments that just didn't work. Like it didn't exactly make it bad. Like they weren't out to like make a cash grab or anything. It's just like, let's experiment and see if this works. And it just didn't pan out. Yeah. And I mean, it did have a guy fucking his horse. So not all bad, right? <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> I, there isn't a guy. There is not a guy fucking a horse, but there you do see a her, a horse being birthed. No, so that guy definitely bad. fucks his horse. You get to watch a horse suck on its mother's teats, so you know. Yeah, yeah, there is that, and then like you watch a lot, a lot of white stuff, just like kind of dripping off its lip afterwards. So actually, yeah, you know what? Keep this movie on the lip. No, <laughs> <laughs> it, like there's, I don't think there's enough bad to really keep it on this list. It's just not very good. Yeah, yeah. I guess people who like horse erotica would probably argue to take it off. <laughs> Let's not go there. <laughs> yeah, people who like horse erotica would argue to take it off the list because they're about to be put on a fucking list. Yeah, they're <laughs> going to be on their own list. <laughs> All right. Next up, a whisker away. I think the first half prevents this from staying on the list, in my opinion. And the second half just nails it right to the fucking list. <laughs> <laughs> and it lives in these, this this place between two worlds. <laughs> that is kind of the same argument with the end of days, because like we were saying, there's like a few redeemable scenes in the end of days, but like, well, here's with the end of days, it's there's some good scenes. Whisker away, I do think there's a good half of movie in there. Yeah, yeah, there is the first half. Literally, until they go to Cat World, it's like really good and captivating, and like you care about these characters, and then they go to Cat World, and you're like. I guess we just don't fucking care about anything going on anymore. We're just going to go to Cat World now. That's cool. So it, it's almost like there was a good writer that was writing this script, and then halfway through, he started doing acid. <laughs> Maybe not acid, but he definitely got bored. I, I feel like there was like some weird corporate meddling or something. Okay. Yeah, it feels like they were trying to pull like some sort of Studio Ghibli thing off, and they just didn't understand how they got the magic parts. Like, I don't know, just throw in a bunch of magic now. Right, yeah. Oh, yeah, I just I imagine this dude just completely out, out of touch with, like, like the dreams of youth. And so he's <laughs> like, yeah, I don't understand it. Just make a fucking house up in, in, in the heavens. And, like, the people who, like, built the first half are, like, arguing, like, no, we can really do something. He's like, yeah, I get it. You want magic. Just put, put the heaven up there. Yeah. Heaven. I don't know what the problem is. Kids, leave that shit up. <laughs> like, I imagine, like, he has a really big forehead and, like, his eyes look like ghosts. You know <laughs> what? <laughs> like he has like ghost eyes. Like he's not really there. You know, <laughs> like he looks like a real human being. Except when you look at him deep in the eyes, you realize that they're just googly eyes that are yeah, glued onto his actual eyes. Tails. A part of you's like he kind of looks like a mannequin. You know, <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg. That's who you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's like you're just. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll look at the statistics on Facebook. Kids love heaven. Everyone's talking about it. He's like, yeah, what's what's that Studio Jibli movie? Castle in the Sky? Yeah, put the castle in the sky. Go ahead. Yeah, kids love castles. Sky, if they did it, no one's going to know that we ripped them off because it's going to be full of cats from heaven. Yeah, yeah but the, the movie doesn't make sense. You can have that in the movie 
and then just stop. No one's going to notice. It's that meme of like, hey, can I copy off of your test? Yeah, just change it up a little bit so that way they don't know it's the same thing. It's like your soul getting sucked out by the corporate engine, except the corporate engine is literally this person that's like part ways a mannequin. (laughs) (laughs) Like you just watched a mannequin do a rail of coke and then hit you with a stack of $100 bills and said, make it happen. (laughs) But back back to the point, it just there, there isn't enough to really warrant keeping it here. I think ultimately I agree, but we cannot discredit how how much the second half of that movie just destroys what that movie is. Yeah, I know. You know my analogy about the really sexy legs to a person, and then it just goes up and there's and there's just this really grotesque thing. This is where there's really nice legs, well sculptured, well, and then at at the waist, nothing. Just like where's the rest? <laughs> all right and the last one here um monster house it's not a bad movie but it's not a good movie it's very like i said just eh for me i think it has a lot of random parts from like what we've been saying is the one good thing from these other movies though like it has the like interesting monster design that I said Krampus had, because I really like the house in this. Like, it's... If you watch this movie for anything, it's that house is really neat. Yeah. I think it does have some cool scenes. It's kind of interesting when they're in the house, probably because there's actually stuff in the house rather than the (laughs) emptiness of the rest of the movie. There's just, like... There's, like, a lot of, like, interesting parts that I want to say can get it out of the list. I think maybe at the time it was a bit more of a technical marvel seeing as it was one of the first movies to like really push that 3D thing. Yeah. But I think because of that you can really see the age on it. Like it it ages itself immediately, I think, once you look at it. Yeah, it is a CGI that kind of in a weird way almost looks like claymation during certain parts. But for the most part, like I wouldn't say it's bad. I would just say it's nothing. Like it's such a yeah. nothing movie to me. I think also with like what E was saying, because E was saying that like he grew up watching a lot of like Cartoon Network movies and I kind of did, too. But it was like before Monster House's time. So I kind of just saw that as like once again down the road or very down the road of like it's kind of a made for TV movie almost. Yeah, like I I was really surprised that this apparently came out in theaters because I really did think this was just made for TV because that's what it looks like. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But ultimately, I think it's not bad at least not in the levels of what we, uh, what else we have on this list yeah i think we can get out of there yeah monster house out of there all right and we've gone through the list once so our remaining movies so we can pick our top three are christmas prince krampus end of days and reefer madness and three of those are all like december-ish movies yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we watched a lot of shit movies during December. We started with garbage, apparently. Apparently so. I mean, I think part of it might. Well, I was gonna say that one. I want to say part of it's my fault because, uh, at least for like Reefer Madness and End of Days, I was the one who actually recommended those movies. End of Days is just like kind of one of those like, oh, I haven't seen this movie in forever. We could watch it for the podcast. And then I remember like, oh, this is why I haven't seen it in forever. And then. Reefer Madness, I showed that movie to you guys knowing it was a bad movie. You know, Reefer Madness needed more, like, psyops involved. (laughs) 
what? <laughs> yeah, like they needed to like they needed like flash frames of like people dead in a morgue and stuff and like like little high pitched noises where when you play it it's like a bunch of like Christians screaming at you not to smoke weed and stuff and they just really needed to make that more of a psychological operation. And that movie would have skyrocketed to the best. <laughs> then we would have just been so fascinated, you know. <laughs> I mean, for its time, we talked about it during the podcast, like that movie actually was one of the um I don't want to say it's one of the reasons, but it's like one of the things that people pointed towards saying, like, this is why weed should be illegal. They're dumb. People <laughs> they are dumb. They bought into the propaganda. Oh yeah, they yeah. definitely did. So they like, good propaganda. They didn't put no effort in this. What do you mean? You see the guy, he played piano real fast, and they started hitting women all the time? Yeah, and but he could have hit, hit them more, just for like 30 <laughs> seconds, just... Ryan, I'm going to say, I feel like the hitting women wasn't even that absurd at the time. Actually, yeah, that part was probably seen as like, okay, <laughs> you hit women. There. Sadly enough, there's probably like some men who watch that in theaters just leaning, now this is a sensible man. <laughs> <laughs> I think for me, like one of the scenes that like really stuck out for me was like that scene over they're talking about cases of people who smoke marijuana. And they're like, uh, talk about th like this boy who was found like weeks later uh, trying to avoid the law. Yes, I heard he killed his entire family with an axe. All thanks to marijuana. <laughs> like <laughs> that scene or like how like they're trying to show like how good the children are in there. And they're like, hey, how about I take you down to the or to the. All right, take you down to the diner and we'll go get sodas. Oh, you know, I never touch the stuff. And then he becomes a weed addict later. Right. I want to remake a reefer madness where they do like those flash stills of just like the kid with the ax killing his family. And like one flash still, he's walking down the hall. The next one, he's looking at you. And then he's just in some frames, just partially hidden with the ax. Then this movie, we could take it places. Turn it to really scary. <laughs> you know? I mean... Kind of leaning okay. more into the comedy aspect of it. They actually did make a musical of that movie. They did, which was fun, actually. I'm going to say, Rob, Rocky, what you're describing almost kind of reminds me of Too Many Cooks, which adults <laughs> have released. Way better. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, where they just like take what you think you know and they just add this random ass thing. It's just a killer in the middle of this TV intro. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about some other movies. Let's get our let's get a, a grip on what's going on here. Let's talk about Krampus a little bit. Yeah, I was gonna say if I had any argument of movies that should be taken off this list, I'd probably say Krampus. I don't like, know, man. We really did not enjoy that movie. We didn't, but like the thing that we kind of realized about Krampus was if it if they allowed an R rating for that movie and they allowed the writers to do what they wanted and they didn't like push for it to be a PG thirteen rated movie. It could have been way better. And if they kept the original ending. Yeah, if they kept the original ending, uh, the, if they just like not even just like rehash the entire story, if they just added a couple things here and there. It could have been way better. Yeah. And so like I think the other ones like some that like I want to say like Christmas Prince and Reefer Madness and End of Days like, well, I guess End of Days could have been better, too, if they uh, would have added a couple different scenes. But like Reefer Madness and Christmas Prince, like those movies are just dead in the water. There's no saving those movies for what they were. Yeah, yeah. Reefer Madness has to end up on this list, just one way or another, because there's literally nothing to save it. It was, it really was just sheer propaganda piece, and it wasn't even, in my opinion, it wasn't a good one. Right. I mean, Reefer Madness for sure has to end up on this list. The ones that I think I'm, I'm kind of arguing between, because I think Christmas Prince and Reefer Madness for sure have to be top three, in the top three. I don't know if I agree with Christmas Prince, because I think that's just kind of boring, ultimately. <laughs> 
I don't know. I think it was like it's just kind of hallmarky, but like worse hallmarky. I don't know. Yeah, but the one the the two that I'm thinking that need to be one of them has to be removed, obviously. But I think it's either Krampus or End of Days. So yeah, here's the thing about this: the only movie that we actually said anything good about was End of Days. No one, no one had any saving. I guess with was it Krampus that you said the you like the look of the puppets or the dolls? Yeah, or, I haven't seen. Yeah, one. the monster design was pretty good. Yeah, the, okay, so those are the, the design, only two saving features, right? So like the design of the elves, uh, the design of the Jack in the Box. I want to say like that weird angel creature that they had was also creepy. Krampus himself was fine. He was fine, but I remember showing you guys like a picture of the Krampus that they actually use in like Eastern Europe whenever they do the um whenever they do like the holiday parades yeah, and stuff the, like that. And you were saying like that one was like ten times creepier than what the movie Krampus was. Oh yeah, actual Krampus is terrifying. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's, a goat, it's a goat man. <laughs> Look, we have come to a place where none of these movies should make it out on the other side. So why don't we do the unconventional? And stitch Christmas prints together with Krampus and call it the Christmas Krampus. <laughs> and then people are like, well, what about those two movies that stepped into that dark room? We just are all like, what two movies that stepped out of that dark room? No, I, we gotta have it. We gotta have it. We gotta have a three. Or we can make it even harder and say one. <laughs> I feel like one almost That'd be would easy. be easier. Yeah, yeah, one might be easier. It's like so. the hard part right now is what isn't the worst. <laughs> I guess if I were I, to cast my own vote personally, I would say that uh, End of Days makes it out. But I haven't seen Kramp- Krampus or Christmas Prince, so it's kind of, you know. Uh, I, I, can, I can buy End of Days coming out. I really don't like End of Days more than a lot of the other ones, but if I can buy it coming out. Well, if you don't like it, if you like it less than the other ones, then you got to say the opposite. I, mean, I already said that I want Christmas Prince to come out, but Jirai doesn't. Like, I, I really just think Christmas Prince is just boring, ultimately, only. It's not really bad. It's just boring. I don't know. I think Christmas Prince is actively a bad movie. I would agree. I, I feel like it's actively bad, too. Like, I feel like it takes a lot of the tropes of... Uh, it, it takes a lot of the tropes of what is basically just a hallmark movie and it amplifies them of almost in like a cash grabby way yeah and uh like i said i feel like with krampus and the end of days like those are the two that i would argue against just because i feel like there is something there they just flopped with the delivery of it like it's not a voting thing obviously but like i don't know i just think end of days ultimately even though like it was bad still. There was just more enjoyable and more stupid stuff in it that I could at least attach on to and enjoy it. Whereas, like, Krampus, it really was just, like, I remember being bored throughout the whole thing and having this, like, feeling of malaise. I mean, I, that's definitely how I feel about End of Days. Rather, like, Krampus, I at least did like the designs of certain things in Krampus. With End of Days, I really was just bored out of my mind watching that. The most is, like, that scene, but I don't even think that scene's as interesting as, like, Robbie does with the Satan. I mean, I think that's definitely a really good scene, I th- which, which is a good the scene. unfortunate thing of it, is because that is actually just a good scene mixed up with this puddle of garbage. You know when they envision that movie, that's the scene. Yeah. That was the scene that was the progress <laughs> of the movie. <laughs> I feel like that's a redeemable scene. Like, there are, a, like, a handful of, like, little redeemable moments. But, like you said, it's just, like, a pile of garbage to- uh, topped on top of all these redeemable scenes. And then I feel, like I said, with Krampus, they just 
they had an idea, but they just kind of flopped on it. And I feel like that was like more of a production reason why they flopped on it. Like somebody say like, nope, we have to meet these certain criterias. And like the way that you're writing this movie, it's not going to meet that criteria. Listening to all four of us talk, I just realized none of us have consensus on which one of these deserves <laughs> to go. I think if we, I feel like for the most consensus, if we had to like boil it down to something, I would say most of us say that end of days would probably doesn't deserve to be on the list. I think me and dry have the biggest argument between Krampus and end of days, but it seemed like E and Rocky had the biggest star. Well, which star. one did Rocky want? I, I, I think end of days. It just has a good scene. I haven't right, seen Krampus and Christmas Prince though. That's the thing. I can't, I, I, it doesn't make sense that I have such a strong opinion if I haven't seen half the movies. You know? <laughs> I just know that Reefer Madness is not going. Like, if we're yeah. lining up four people to shoot, we're arguing about <laughs> which of these three can go, but one of them just knows they're fucked. Yeah, just like <laughs> sweating bullets constantly. Like, uh, and like they hear their name, they're like, oh, and then it's like, yeah, they suck. <laughs> you are right. So like, just lining up like who, like who to shoot on this on this line, and they're like, well, we have three bullets. Like, who are we not going to shoot? And we're all just like, no, I hate that dude. And then the reverse is like, that dude's boring. He kind of sucks, but this dude's worse. And then this, this dude at the end of the line is like, I also, and everyone's like, shut the fuck up. And like, <laughs> like, yeah, it's like, no, no. I swear to God, if you let him go, I will use my bullet on one of you. Like, kind of <laughs> oh, I, I don't know. Like, I, I'm, I think that end of days doesn't deserve to be on the list. Just because of that one good scene, like, I can't really think, besides, like, the op- for Krampus, I can't think of, like, a scene that I really liked on it besides the opening scene. Like, I feel like nothing quite hits the credit opening credits of how good that movie is. And I feel like your opening credits shouldn't be the best part of your movie. I think in Krampus, the one part I like is when, like, the child left all alone and then Krampus comes and then gives him the bell. Like, I think that one's kind of well shot. And if the movie ended there, I think that actually would have been okay. I don't know. I still think that the rest like, of the movie is still boring, though. Good. I mean, yeah, I, that's the same exact thing I feel about End of Days. That's ultimately what it comes down to. <laughs> <laughs> Since Rocky hasn't seen Krampus, he has no argument. Uh, for or Christmas e- Prince. Or Christmas Prince. Like, he has no argument for either of those. But, like, me, Dry, and... Uh, yeah, me, Dry, and E are all saying, like, Christmas Prince stays. But Krampus and End of no, Days. I literally have been arguing that Christmas Friends goes. Oh. <laughs> have you not listened to me? <laughs> that was the first thing I said. Is I think Christmas Friends can leave. <laughs> this is what I mean. We're at a stalemate. Yeah, we are at a stalemate. <laughs> I mean, oh my gosh. I think that Christmas Prince is just take taking like that Hallmark thing and putting it up to like eleven. Like, it's all the bad cliches, it's, like, all the bad production value, it's, like, the uninteresting cinematography, it's pretty, in theory, All the royalty-free music. Yeah, like, all royalty-free music, like, it's just, it just screams lazy and, like, passionless in every single way. Whereas, like, Krampus, there was some sort of passion behind it, you could see at some point. End of days that somebody cared at some point, because they had one scene they really liked, and then, like, Reefer Madness, obviously, uh, gets taken out I the mean, back and that. bludgeoned to death. And this is where this episode ends. I think it's like what Rocky said. It's like what Rocky said. Like, 
three of them are getting shot, and like the last one is like, oh, thank God I'm alive, and then we're just gonna like beat him to death with like, rifles <laughs> afterwards. Is what it feels like. We set out that <laughs> there's three in this list, so we do have to at least do that. Should we just flip coins with these three? Fuck it. <laughs> it was three headed coin. Let it be random, because clearly these three already made the top three since they're so e- equal in awfulness that we can't choose. And I mean, Reefer Madness is on its own fucking pedestal of that. <laughs> I mean, I have a D4 I can roll. Okay. I mean, I, I've said I can live with End of Days being fourth worst. I can live with that if you really want to. I could probably live with that, too. I could, I could be good with that. Might okay. it be known that end of days walked out of the room and when everybody asked what happened, started breaking down crying. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now which one was the worst? Like actual worst? I, w- I would argue Reefer Madness was the All right, worst. Yeah. Okay. Reefer Madness. Is last. <laughs> okay. Reefer so. Madness is definitely the worst. <laughs> and I think maybe we can all be in agreement that Christmas Prince is third. Yeah, it's the least worst. The least worst of those three. I mean, with those ones, Christmas Prince, like I said, it's fun to watch just to like make fun of it while you're watching it. So it was more enjoyable for that reason alone. I mean, yeah, like Krampus, there's not much to make fun of with Krampus even. It's just kind of bad. Yeah. Yeah, And we did make jokes like I guess one joke that Dry probably doesn't remember is like one of the first scenes wherever it was going to be scary, like he covered his drink because he thought that it was he's going (laughs) to jump. And then he realized it was a dumb joke, or it was a dumb jump scare, and then like uncovered his drink, and then never covered his drink again. Yeah, like, <laughs> mostly movie, jokes like that that made like it enjoyable. Me, that's just me, like worried that I'm gonna get scared, and then it just never scared me. It's not like <laughs> making fun of the movie. <laughs> it was dry, clearly making fun of the movie whenever he did that. <laughs> but yeah, like it's just yeah. I mean, Christmas Friends could be three, and Krampus could be two. I I'm okay with that. Yeah, I'm okay with that too. Yeah, that sounds that sounds fine. Okay, well, Christmas Prince gets the first bullet. Krampus <laughs> gets to go knowing what it feels like, and Reefer gets to die on top of their bodies. <laughs> All right, so our top three is Christmas Prince, Krampus, and Reefer Madness. Woo! Or boo! Yay! <laughs> Yay. <laughs> All right, that is our worst of. There really isn't that much good things to say about Reefer Madness. No, like, no, other than not. like there's I said, it being like, if you want to show someone like how dumb propaganda can be, like that's pretty much why you would show someone that movie. Yeah. All right. You guys want to take a quick fifteen and then come on back here for our best of the year discussion? Sure. Sure. All right. We're gonna take a quick fifteen. We'll be right back with you guys. We are back from our 15-minute break. We just got done talking about all the pile of shit that we watched this year. And now, for the grand finale, we're going to talk about the best of the best. The cream of the crop. The the be- the, mo- the movies we watched. The, the, the good ones. <laughs> oh, we're actually not talking about cream? really good. <laughs> yeah, I thought we were going to discuss the best cream. Yeah, the cream of the crop is the segue we'll actually get into, you know. I like half and half. So, we have 12 films here that we picked apart, or not picked apart, but picked out of every month that we did movies last uh, last week's episode. And so, this episode, 
Rocky, what are the best of the best that we have to figure out is going to be our top three? All right. Well, I am absolutely psyched to tell you what the best of the best is. The best of the best is this. Forrest Gump, The Watch, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, Hereditary, A Silent Voice, Princess Bride, Parasite, Blade Runner, Jurassic Park, It's Such a Beautiful Day, The Thing, Nibbles Out. (laughs) (laughs) Knives out. Knives out. Mabel's out. Is it just me, or did Dryer write Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind in italics? Well, I and mean, everything else is just in regular. Immediately, actually. Is it so weird that I'll it all... go ahead and just take it out for him, then. It's already been ranked? That's weird. What? <laughs> <laughs> Gotta undo that immediately. <laughs> all right. I think some of the weaker movies that we can say maybe don't make the cut, at least in my opinion... I think maybe Princess Bride doesn't make the top three. Yeah, probably not. I mean, I guess I don't really have any arguments of it not making the top three. Because it is be really good, surprised if so- Knives Out or Jurassic Park actually made it in. Yeah. Uh, I think Jurassic Park maybe has a chance. Knives Out, maybe not. Yeah, because Knives Out was fun. But like I look at some of these movies and there are movies I liked better than those ones. And then- Jurassic Park has some serious competition, though. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot it of does, really for good sure. movies. We can um, keep it for now. I'm going to say another one. I'm going to say I love The Watch, but top three. Yeah, yeah. I was going to argue the same thing. Yeah. Um. Man, still a lot of bangers in here. They're all bangers. Yeah. Oops, all bangers. Yeah. <laughs> I did. Should we do what we did with the last list? Uh, decide what stays and what goes? Yeah, isn't, isn't that the idea of the whole thing? <laughs> yeah, is that not what we were I, doing? The problem is, is that we all really like these movies. <laughs> Let's start from the top down, I guess. So earliest to latest. Mm-hmm. Forrest Gump. What does anyone have to say about that? I mean, it's an enjoyable movie, but like, I don't know if it's the best out of these ones, because like. I really like hit a point that I really like, like some of the other movies on this list, like Hereditary and Parasite and Blade Runner, like those ones. And it's such a beautiful day. Like those movies are like really thought provoking movies and like really made you think about like bigger picture and like some existentialism style of things, which I'm mostly talking about. It's such a beautiful day at that point. Um, (laughs) That one is just kind of uh, Forrest Gump is just like, yeah, he basically made all of pop culture deal with it. (laughs) Yeah, that's actually basically what that is. Yeah, it's just ha ha. Forrester is a dummy who gets into these situations. <laughs> um, I think when you put it that way, I think Forrest Gump doesn't quite make the cut. Like, don't get me wrong. Forrest Gump is still a, a very good movie, but yeah. I don't know if it'd be top tier with some of the other movies that are on this list. Yeah. Uh, all right. Now on to controversial pick. Eternal <laughs> Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Yeah, I feel like there's going to be some arguments both ways on this one i feel like we all know that this is gonna make it to the next list (laughs) (laughs) next list like next run i think he Uh, means kind of i mean i (laughs) i would argue that it would keep going uh for all the points that i had previously stated but this is a group project as it were and i feel like i'm definitely the one who's most passionate about it yeah 
And once again, like I do really like this movie and it is thought provoking of like, you know, what if you never met somebody or like whether like you're meant to actually meet somebody and like uh, the whole like the experiences that you deal with in life, whether they're good or bad, make you who you are and trying to delete those out of your life would kind of also take away who you are as a person. And it is thought provoking within that sense. I mean, but the best of the best. Yeah, I really like this movie. I just look. It has good points. I just I don't know. I I I don't. There's nothing special about the movie. I mean, yeah. There's movies that I would put above Eternal Sunshine on the top three. So with me being like the main person fighting for it, and knowing that there's other movies that I would put ahead of it, I feel like it. It kind of has to go. Could put a pin in it because like I'm not against it staying on the list for now, but. I don't know. I feel like we should be a little more uh, like hard on this first round because the first round of <laughs> the worst of ended up being like, oh, you know, maybe, oh, you know, maybe. Yeah, because like, we'd only be doing it. We'd be doing yeah. it for the wrong reasons. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. But yeah, I think Eternal Sunshine can go into Jiraiya's favorite movie. This is her. let's appreciate that this is Jiraiya's ring moment from Lord of the Rings where he has to let it go. <laughs> Jiraiya, cast it into the fire into the fire no this is mine <laughs> and then I go and bite his finger off <laughs> alright uh, hereditary I would argue that uh, it should stay on the list at least for now yeah. but I really enjoyed that movie it for sure should stay on the list it's just one of the most powerful movies regardless of genre at all Like it's just it's incredible yeah it is a really fucking heavy hitter that is a that is for sure i am going to go on the note that i might personally like eternal sunshine of spotless mind more than hereditary like i'll probably watch that movie more than i will hereditary so i'll give this <laughs> i'll give this to dry it but it is very it's 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 pretty it's pretty heavy shit it is yeah. heavy but i think every once in a while you need something heavy not this fucking heavy. <laughs> Have you seen my movie collection? <laughs> Anyhow, next up is A Silent Voice. And I mean, I love this movie, but I understand it's not everyone's favorite movie. It is rather good, though. It is a very good slice of life movie. It's very down to earth. And it is very like I want to say I would call it a heartwarming movie. Even I wouldn't go so far as to say it's heartwarming. It. Slice of Life is a good way to describe it, though, which I think for me personally is uh, a downfall for it because I just don't think that it's it's not really my cup of tea personally. Yeah, if you guys I'm fine with this coming off because this is just a movie that's really like important to me, but that's because I resonate with it. It's not really explicitly the quality of this movie per se. So I, I have you said I'm not. Yeah, I'm so not I'm saying this movie's bad or anything. I'm just saying that it gets a lot higher marks from me because of what its topics are and how it handles them. Yeah, right. I, I wouldn't call it bad either. I mean, it made it onto this list, the best of list. I wouldn't call it bad either. I think that just, I don't know, is I, fucking parroting everything I've said over and over again about this thing. Yeah, I will say that there are some other movies that I would put above this movie on this list. We we had Jiraiya take off Eternal Sunshine despite that being a really big movie for him. I'm 
Like I, I, I'll destiny bond this with Jiraiya. Both the movies can be <laughs> can go into the void together. But they were all of them deceived. Jiraiya <laughs> <laughs> will bite Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind off of Jiraiya's finger and then fall into the lava with the silent voice. <laughs> all right, Parasite. I feel like this has to stay. Yeah. Me. What? 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 On my list, we have Princess Bride next. Why? I already got rid of that. Are you looking at the best of? Yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah, we're looking at the Google Doc. <laughs> You're looking at the wrong thing, aren't you, Rocky? <laughs> so, Parasite. Yeah, par- I feel like Parasite has to stay. Like, we talk so much about it. Like, yeah, that movie positively. is very much a conversation starter. Yeah. I, again, for me, though, the thing about it is it's so unquestionably good. But it doesn't leave a lot of discussion around it. Yeah, but this is the best of list, so I right. I know, so I know. Especially, it's just not enough for yeah, best of list. Your argument right now, good. Dry, is that it's too good. It's too good to be on our list. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, Blade Runner. I'm cool with this staying for what it is. My feelings about the movie and entirely aside, I feel like it's such an important movie, and there's a lot of really good aspects to it. I'm cool with it staying. Yeah, like it, it is, despite it being an undersold movie in a weird way, like people still talk about it to this day and still argue, um, you know, the semantics of the meanings and like things that should or shouldn't are things that were or were not happening in the background and who are, you know, kind of like the is um, Deckard a replicant or not like that is probably an argument that will probably go on forever, it seems like, considering I think. I want to say earlier this year, we actually saw an online argument of someone saying like, hey, this is why he actually is not a replicant and like stuff like that. So like it, people will talk about this movie for a very long time. All right. Uh, Jurassic Park. I mean, with everything else that's on this list, I don't know if I really think it needs to be here. All right. I will say is due to the giving up of the eternal sunshine and giving up with the silent voice, I Rocky. <laughs> my Jurassic Park. <laughs> I will send it into the fire too. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I honestly think was... Jurassic Park is revolutionary in a lot of ways. Yeah, like they did a lot of th- like kind of like what we were saying before with like Rashomon of like things that it did for cinema history. Like Jurassic Park did a lot for cinema history too when it came to the CGI and uh, animatronics and. Thing, or elements of horror and things like that. Like it did a lot for cinema in general. It blended a lot. And, and not only that, it's just such an easy, fun family film. But like it's it's there are definitely with faults death with the and movie. Gore. Right, yeah. There's definitely faults with the movie, <laughs> but like for the most part, it is just a really, really good movie. I don't know. I just don't feel like it really goes like past that, just being like a fun family movie. I think it's this just is kinda... my martyr moment. Yeah. Also, we're denying and Dry's Rocky. trying to take that away from you. Yeah. <laughs> we're denying Rocky is. Dry is like falling into the volcano, and Rocky just like threw a bag of <laughs> crackers in there for him, and he's just not taking them. <laughs> uh, we broke Rocky. <laughs> It's pretty actually, yeah, because honestly, I don't really have strong feelings about Jurassic Park. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, There's some real like heavy hitters in here, and I think Jurassic Park 
will like live on in pop culture, but I don't know how much I think it's like an like outstanding movie. I think it's just a good movie. It's not going to realistically contend <clears throat> with the movies that we're going to have up there. Yeah. I mean, in my mind, like the way that I, I look at it is like, if there's a movie, if it like comes back to theaters like this year, let's say it did come back to theaters because of everything going on. Like if there was a movie that came back to theaters out of all of these, like there's only a few of them that I would like be like, I have to fucking see that in theaters. Like Jurassic Park is a big set piece film. So like if that came out in Dolby Atmos, you're like, I'd have to watch that. Yeah, honestly, if like they remix that, take advantage of that kind of sound system, that would be incredible. Just hearing the T-Rex's roar just like flow through you. I don't, that's not like inherently the movie itself, though. That's like just, it would be neat to experience that in a theater again. Like, right, you'd still be like, watching the same movie, and it's not like that. Like, I don't think that movie has a ton to keep you coming back. I think it's, it's kind of like, like an experience type of thing, though. I think Look, we're in it. <laughs> are we saying that I fought like hell for this to win adventure? On that list, <laughs> it lost to wrist cutters, and wrist cutters fell by the wayside a long fucking time ago. <laughs> and yes. now we're gonna put it up there on the pedestal. <laughs> There's not a science to this. <laughs> this is peak four guys arguing over semantics on Skype. Uh, I think for like the best of movies, we're talking about like I feel like what we're arguing for is nuance in a weird way for like what would have you coming back or like what would like what would be the overall message of a lot of these things kind of like you know with like hereditary of just like you know how would you and your family react to the death or the death of uh or a death in the family and like how would that break the family apart and would they be able to bring each other back and then what would happen if you threw demons in the middle of that (laughs) (laughs) just snorting a rail of cocaine at the end of that one um (laughs) Our parasite with like, you know, the nuance of talking about classism and like how that affects everybody and how like nobody's really like there's not like one bad person to point out in that movie. It's just how systematically it works against poor people or with Blade Runner, like what makes a human human and like. Where do you like draw a line of humanity and stuff like that? Or, you know, Jurassic Park. What if dinosaurs were real? real? What if they brought dinosaurs back (laughs) and they were real? What if dinosaurs weren't planted by the devil? Well, look, that's the reason I just constantly play Ark, so fucking it it should go up there, then you make a solid point. (laughs) I think ultimately, like, Jurassic Park is just fun dinosaur movie, and we have so many, like, really interesting movies on here. I think Jurassic Park doesn't really go past fun dinosaur movie. Yeah, Hereditary, Parasite, Blade Runner, those movies legitimately affected me as a person. I watched this movie, and I, I pretty much felt like Robbie said, I had the freaking cool <laughs> dinosaurs! Wow! Right? I, I don't feel like I was ever... It didn't have the same impact. You know, take that as you will. That's my yeah, two cents I mean, on The other movies are definitely way heavier. I'm not going to disagree. I just think that Jurassic Park is a really great movie, and ma- and if if it was a, if we had watched a few different movies this year, then I think it would have made the list. If we didn't watch other good movies, 
with it. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I just I think if these Jurassic other Park movies is... weren't so damn good, then Jurassic Park would be up there. Like, I, I, I get what you're saying, but like, I don't think there's feasibly any way it would even make third. Like, I think there's a lot of discussion with a lot of these other movies of like what really would be third place, but I don't think we would ever be like. But Jurassic Park has cool dinosaurs, so really that should get it third. <laughs> I mean, I I I get it. I guess. Take it off. Take it off the list. Fuck dinosaurs. No dinosaurs allowed. The real reason I took it off is because dinosaurs are extinct because they're weak. <laughs> Fucking weak ass dinosaurs will never make the top. <laughs> Fucking weak ass dinosaurs placed are placed in the ground by weak sauce Satan. And we brought him back. We brought him back and put him in a fucking zoo. There's no way we'll put him <laughs> in the top. <laughs> they should have dodged that asteroid if they wanted to be on the list. I guess that there's like a sacrificial dagger for me. Like, I really do love the thing, but I could see why that could be taken off the list for the same reason why Jurassic Park would be taken off. I, don't know, I think there's more, like, interesting nuance in the thing. Yeah, there is. But, like, I want to say compared to, like, It's Such a Beautiful Day... Or Blade Runner or Parasite. We're just gonna, gonna like quick cut them. Like like I said, I do really love the thing. Like enough so that I went out of my way to actually even buy the PS2 game for the thing. I think I would take other things off before I took the thing off, honestly. Right. Cause <laughs> I'm gonna say, like, the thing got basically a perfect ten across the board. I feel like you can't like just throw really? off a movie like that. Yeah. Okay. Well that like because that was that that was the thing for me is like growing up, this is that was one of my favorite horror movies. But, like, I feel like I may have nostalgia glasses with that one. That's why I was, like, so quick to end up cutting it. Nah, nah. That this is a good really... movie. I, w- okay. I personally would have tossed the thing. I would. I mean, I would have. I, I, I would have taken it off. But yeah, um, but... it's really, you, it, I, I can't think of any actual uh, critique I have against it. Okay. You know? But I, I don't have to... any critiques against Jurassic Park either. yeah i don't have like it's been a little while since i've seen the thing but it's still like to this day holds as one of my favorite horror movies of all time i liked it a lot more watching it uh i watched it after you did the episode and i I still was really blown away by it it's just it's a really good movie i mean the first time watching it was astounding quite frankly i was not prepared for a lot of the stuff they did in that movie yeah, I think the thing has to stay on this list. There, like I said, there's okay. other things I would cut before I cut the thing. All right, I wasn't expecting that, but okay, I'm actually kind of glad that you said that. <laughs> you denied like, that was going to be my yeah, sacrificial dagger, but boss. apparently I don't have. Apparently, I can watch all of you guys. Like, okay, I'm going to throw that into the our volcano. I'm just like holding on to it. Like, okay, I'll keep this. Except <laughs> my bag of crackers. <laughs> I will now eat my bag of crackers yes. while I watch your guys' burn. <laughs> All right. So, for the best of, we have Hereditary, Parasite, Blade Runner, The Final Cut. It's such a beautiful day. The Final and Cut. The thing. <laughs> did, we, did we talk about It's Such a Beautiful Day? No. I haven't seen it. I just was curious. Uh, I'll tell you this much, Rocky. I would actually put It's Such a Beautiful Day like right next to Waking Life. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> that probably means something. Yeah, I don't know what that means either. For me and Rocky, it does, but I think me and Rocky are the only ones who have actually seen that movie. I still want that is another movie that, that I talked about bringing to this podcast, but Dry was like, okay, like let's get some of this other stuff out of the way first. And like I think also for me, like that movie it, 
it's going to be a conversation piece, but it's going to be harder to like kind of piece some of it together too. Say no more. We can, we'll discuss that later. Yeah. But like I said, I, I would it's such a good day. <laughs> I'm just like, like we can discuss that for movies. Say no more, do. please. Just, just <laughs> say no more. <laughs> uh. Oh man, this is okay. This is actually hard now. This is actually yeah. hard. It, it doesn't help, like you said, like we had oops all bangers before, but like this is even like the the cream of the crop bangers, if you will. So- I got only one thing to say currently, and it's that were I to put one movie on this list, it's going to sound really weird. It's a movie I haven't seen because I haven't seen it, but how you guys talk about this movie makes me really want to fucking watch this movie. So I'm going to take that as you will. I think the only one, honestly, that we can lock into being top three is It's Such a Beautiful Day. I think that's the only one we can for sure lock in being top three. I I will say out of all the conversations we've had on this podcast that that one so far was my favorite. All right, so it's such a beautiful day. Locked in, top three, no matter what. Okay, I might watch that tonight. Then you it's absolutely on should. Vimeo. Can we? Can we then have another podcast about my feelings episode? <laughs> yeah, we have a bonus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so with the other four, I'm gonna say I think the weakest might be Blade Runner. Ooh, I would disagree. I would disagree yeah. on that. Yeah, honestly, the weakest out of the four remaining to me is Parasite. To me, it's the thing. But I don't really have a fuck. I I really don't have a critique of that movie. That's what's really bothering me. It's just this is this is pure bias on my end because I just have a strong attachment to all these movies. I don't have as much of a strong attachment to the thing, so I I'm speaking purely out of bias. So I mean, w- comparing the thing to Parasite, Jiraiya. If we're comparing the thing to Parasite, I think the thing portrays Parasites much better. That's fair. That's that is actually really fair. Oh, Robbie, you, you want to say hereditary? You saw a movie about people trapped inside the system. Now what happens when the system is trapped inside you? I mean, if I had to argue why hereditary wouldn't, like, since E brought it up, if I had to argue why hereditary wouldn't make the list, I would say maybe it's too heavy because, like, there's a lot of shock moments of just like the. Uh, uh, like yet yeah. I don't know if I should spoil it or not but like just like that one scene that just even dry said like the entire theater went quiet during it's, a certain scene of that movie we, and it's, it's already like, spoiler warning if you're listening to this all spoilers okay all spoilers like <laughs> the, the podcast spoiler warning <laughs> but like that movie yeah. is so fucking grim even the really light moments feel Are, very ugly to me yeah you know like there is a lot of things like it that movie is like the worst possible way you could handle a situation like condensed into two hours. Yeah. And then like, weirdly enough, like I said, just adds like snort the rail of cocaine, just add demons to it. But <laughs> I think maybe the thing that hereditary has going against it is the fact that it is so heavy. You're right. Um, yeah, Cause like even that's... Rocky said, like it's hard to rewatch. Yeah. But it is a fantastic movie, but it is hard to like come back and rewatch kind of, that would almost be like the same argument for a movie kind of like um, uh, Requiem for a Dream. Like they do everything right in that movie, but it is such a dark and like heavy movie that it's hard to go back and watch that. Yeah. Although one thing I will say about Hereditary is when we were talking about it, Rocky said that's a movie that I would like never show to somebody to be like, you have to see this. When I watched Hereditary in theaters, I was like, man, that was so fucked up. That was horrifying. And I immediately told Sam, my sister, who's been on the podcast, like, 
hey, there's a movie I need you to come up here and to see in theaters with me. Yeah, but Sam's <laughs> Sam. I mean, you know, it's it's different though. Um, because if I was in your shoes, Jiraiya, I probably would have done the same. I would have shown a very like close group of people I know would appreciate it. You know? Yeah. But I want to be like, oh, hey, nice to meet you. You know what you should do? You know, like, <laughs> you know, it, it's definitely not a first date movie. Yeah, and it's not really an experience you share. It's not a sharing experience. You know what I mean? It's not a movie even you like bring when, home to the parent. Yeah, but like even when if you watched that movie with Sam, it wasn't like you were taking communion with Sam. Like you both would have your own relationship because <laughs> that movie also has a very isolating presence to it. You know, it does. Yeah. Like I, I can't imagine like you felt closer to Sam after watching that movie. It's just no, no. Anything <laughs> <you> <laughs> But yeah, like if if there's something going against Hereditary, like I said, it's that it Hereditary is definitely the heaviest out of all of these movies. I'll say that much. I don't know if that goes against it, though, because all in all, like I said that was a fantastic movie and it came out of left field. Like everything was so unexpected about that movie whenever I watched it and, and like the best way possible. I wouldn't even say it's the heaviest movie. I would just say it's the one that has the most grief in it. If my movie experience for that movie was a movie, I would have been the dude who got out of the game years ago, and then you called him back in, like, I'm out of that business. It's like, there's one more case. Just another case to go through, and then you end up dying on that fucking case. Like, halfway through, you're not even a main character. Um, I think, I think honestly, it's just going to be, like, what people think personally of these movies at this point. Yeah, like... I mean, also, like I said, Parasite was really good, too. Like, the social commentary for Parasite was done very, very well in that movie. But I can understand arguments against it, but that one was also a fantastic movie. Yeah, so I would, if I was to take two out, me personally, it would have been The Thing and Parasite. Um, again, I don't know why The Thing. I just, to me, I look at him like, this shouldn't be here. But... um. <laughs> I, I don't have any real cr- critique against it with Parasite. Um, they're just, you know, they're, if you watch that movie more than one time, at least for me, there's, there, there are parts that kind of just, it's, it's, it's such a good movie, but I don't feel like it's perfect all the way through. I think for you me, know? Parasite is a case of diminishing returns. Yes, there is diminishing returns when you watch it and you find yourself waiting for scenes to end so you can go on to the scenes that you really like. Yeah. So that would be the argument I'd make for Parasite to be off this list. You, you know what it is of Parasite? There is a series of movies that I feel like um, two of them I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of, um, what's that one? Is it Tommy Boy? Or uh, what's what's the one where the where the dude can't remember who he is Old and boy? he remembers? Old boy, yeah. And then there's another one that it reminds me of. I saw the devil. Um, where the first time you watch it, you're just blown away, and the second time it's really good. But it's it's never going to be a bad movie. Those three are all really good movies. But the that gloss, you know, yeah, that initial experience say, of first watching it, yeah. So Parasite sucks, right? <laughs> oh gee all right um but yeah i guess what you guys are talking about i can't really say because i haven't seen parasite multiple times so perhaps it does kind of lose a bit on repeated views I mean, it's the same thing with me i only saw it the one time but like 
I it, it was another one of those like I really enjoyed it for like that one time that I did watch it. But maybe on repeat viewings, maybe it does have like that old boy effect because like I have a lot of really good memories for old boy, but like that movie will never hit quite the same as it did the very first time. Yeah, I think like for me, where repeat viewings really work or where they don't work is like showing it to somebody and seeing their reactions to things. Um, mm-hmm. and I think Hereditary, Blade Runner, and The Thing all have higher points of that of that value for me of like seeing their reaction oh. and like seeing points to where they react to and stuff like that. Whereas Parasite doesn't really have like a one specific thing. Yeah, Parasite is the experience as a whole, as a whole, as a as a whole, Parasite. <laughs> as a whole, that, it's that ex- yeah. As a whole, that's the. There's just something about that word that's really <laughs> fucking with me. You just, you just seem like you're trying to pronounce the W in it. Probably. <laughs> as the whole. No, but as as a whole, that's the experience you're going for with Parasite. Like everything, you know. There's not like one part in Parasite where I think, oh, that part is so amazing. You know, every that movie is kind of like an intricate piece of machinery in that everything works because everything else works. But anything by itself isn't super amazing. Compared to these other movies to where like you can actually legitimately take a gear out of it and it'll still work. I would argue that with uh, Hereditary uh, compared to Parasite. Hereditary is the same thing in the sense that it relies on everything else to work, but it has really blistering moments. You know? Yeah. That by themselves is fucking just... I can think of two off the top of my mind. That even if they were in a different movie... They would have mattered, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll say that with Hereditary. There was a lot of key points in that movie that really, really mattered. And it seemed like a lot of the other scenes were just building up to those scenes that seemed to really matter. That's fair, too. That's a good, that's another way to look at it, too. Yeah. That those those moments kind of suck the life out of it and everything else just works up to them. Well, so I, guess I wouldn't say it like sucked the life out of it. It kind of built up to those moments, though. Yeah. Kind of like you can't just have like a peak moment and then like... I guess a good example of something like that is just uh, would be like um, Deer Hunter to where like um, they could have taken a lot of the se- like a lot of the beginning scenes out of that movie since like the beginning of that movie is like almost the first hour of it. And uh, they could have taken a lot of those scenes out to like kind of build up to like how they got to that point in um, or how they got to that point in Vietnam, because like the whole Vietnam part of that movie takes up like maybe 20 minutes of a three hour movie. And it's supposed to be like the kind of I don't want to say the pinnacle of it, but like, you know, like kind of like that high point of like where this is where everything changes kind of thing. See, I, and I, I, I look at Parasite and I see the turning points. I know that there's parts in the movie where it changes the game, but they don't seem super pivotal. You know, if, if you think about, oh, remember the part where you realize there's someone living under the house? Oh, wow. It, it doesn't. It's like it's it's nice because it fits of everything else. It's like this is really enjoyable, but it's everything just feels like right where it belongs. And I don't know if that counts against it or if that actually propels it forward. Um, I feel like there's know. arguments both ways for that, honestly. Yeah, I guess it's, it might just uh, depend on your, you know, your preference. Is that is that kind of where we're at right now is where it's hereditary versus parasite. One of them's got to go. Well, does I mean, I also, go? We have I also vote out the thing, but that seems to be the untouchable. So I won't touch it. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, because like I said, because like I have a huge amount of nostalgia for the thing, and so I was like, I guess that'll be my sacrificial sword. And then it was like, no, I really like that movie. It's like, okay, I'll give it then. But, and only just the other guy who threw the shitty chip is like, throw it over. And everyone's like, no, it's fine, dude. That's enough. And then he's like, throw it over. <laughs> we all gave up something. <laughs> Let's talk about Blade Runner for a minute. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think that has a lot to say about identity and self-discovery that is far more personal than maybe something like Parasite is, in my opinion. I see that. I've, I'm going to say, I think Blade Runner has the weakest of the stories, though. Like, uh, yeah, the story itself, I think, is pretty weak in Blade Runner. Yeah, but I think everything that happens around the character is this kind of the, the thing that really matters in Blade Runner. And discovering kind of like who he is or what he is or what humanity even is or what humanity or does humanity even matter or like what makes somebody a person. I think that's the kind of stuff that is really important in Blade Runner. Um, I would I would agree that like the hunting down these androids thing is uh, pretty secondary for the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I don't feel like the story and Blade Runner matters. I don't feel like anything necessarily matters in Blade Runner. It's. Blade Runner, I feel like I look at it and I don't know what it is. You know, it feels it feels very. Um, I feel like in a weird way, Blade Runner is like a magician's trick because yeah. they have like the whole sleight of hand thing of like, you know, they put your hands here because this is where the magics are because they want to say this is uh, what's happening in front of you. But in reality, the magic is happening, you know, back here. Blade Runner also feels like because I've, I've watched well not most i've watched a good deal of things that sprang from blade runner and it's like meeting someone that you've thought you've met a thousand times and then realizing you've never met them before you know because i went into blade runner just half cocked i was i was not invested in the movie i was like oh yeah this is gonna be cool and i watched and the first thing that struck me was the beauty of it just how well everything shot Mm -hmm. i just I was like, wow, this is a really beautiful movie, but I still wasn't invested. And then it just was, it was a very eerie experience. And I, I personally can't, I can't critique it because I feel like Robbie's onto something with it being a magic trick because there's so much smoke. It's a very, it's very, I'd have to watch it again before. I feel I could like really Blade Runner critique. more than just its story is almost like a feeling. There's just this, yeah. an emotion that it, brings to you when you start watching it and i guess also speaking of uh like rewatchability too i feel like blade runner is one of the more rewatchable movies on this list like i feel like it blade runner actually is more rewatchable than parasite is per se because like the second time watching blade runner i got more out of it than watching it that very first time and so i feel like that's one of those movies you can watch it multiple times and take something new from it each time yeah and also another thing about blade runner is I I think of the scenes I can remember, and I don't necessarily remember the dialogue. I remember when we talked about Blade Runner, I don't know if you guys remember how hard it was for me to piece the story together, you know? Because I was just not in that mode for that night. I was not in a story-watching mode, you know? Um, But I would watch these scenes as they played out, and I'd watch the dialogue and stuff. And In a lot of movies with the dialogue... It's only as interesting as the content that backs it. To me, the dialogue was fascinating because I was like, this, this, 
you don't even have to have a story to how this scene is built. And this is just it's an excellent scene. You know, another thing I want to say is the, the final chase in Blade Runner. Was absolutely the stupidest shit. I've also <laughs> seen that chase. No, I've seen that chase a thousand times. And that this movie, I, I was just like, I've never seen this fucking chase before. You know? <laughs> And so even though it was like, I know how I'm supposed to feel about this chasing, these chasings are fucking stupid. I'm still attached yeah, to what I'm watching on the screen. I am going to throw out another one of my critiques. Uh, I still, to this day, think the romance is so underbaked in that movie. Yeah, it is. I, will I give can't you even that. remember the romance in, exactly. the, in the movie. That I romance mean, I... gets weirdly rapey, too. Yes. Yeah, it does. I feel like that's like one of the few critiques of like that. It's just plain bad in that movie, though. I don't know. I feel like I feel like we can't cut Blade Runner, though. I like. I feel like that ethereal feeling that you get while watching it is something special. Yeah. Uh. I mean, just for the rewatchability alone, if I had to cut Blade Runner or Parasite, I would cut Parasite. I guess but, it's a. It is one of those like what you get from it because I just I didn't yeah. get the same feelings from Blade Runner. As I did with the other, like the the visuals of Blade Runner are astounding. Like I would, I think I said it during the podcast. I would love to have the paintings that they made Blade Runner because it's such beautiful shot of like the cities and everything. But like that is the most that I get from Blade Runner is those. The rest, like because the story doesn't interest me, and because the romance brings down the non-interest of that. And the best part is for the most part the villain, I would say he's just the best character because he's such a character. Uh, you know, thinking about hereditary parasite and, um, blade runner. If I had to, if I had all three of the people who brought those, you know, into cinema, I would have very different feelings. I would be very intimidated by, for the, makers of hereditary the amount of emotional force that they could inject into a movie is astounding but i see i i can see i don't i it's not something that i could replicate by any means definitely especially you know but let's say let's say in theory <laughs> i had the expertise i would be like that is if i in theory had the expertise i still would feel very intimidated by that emotional force paris i could because all the pieces make sense to me, but I would be intimidated by how cohesive that story fits together. And not not in a, in a way like, oh, this part makes sense because this part makes sense, but rather this part matters because this matters. That's substance versus content. And it's the substance of that story. And I'm like, I that's very intimidating. I can see how it all works, but it's very intimidating. And then I look at something like Blade Runner, and I would be very intimidated because I don't know what the fuck it is. You know, I can't tell you what makes Blade Runner work. It's just it's it's eerie. I've seen especially because I've seen that shit a thousand times. And then I was like, I've never seen this before. You know, yeah, the thing about that, too, is like uh, for what we know as cyberpunk today is all based around what Blade Runner was like. People looked at that and they're like, I want more of that, basically. Yeah. I don't even know where the fuck you get something like that from because there's nothing. What do you grab onto? What do you say? Like, this is the piece. Even the things that we love about it doesn't matter. Like, what's this? It's like putting your hand in a mist, you know? You really like the mist, 
But really, <laughs> how, how would you actually replicate that? Like, yeah, what I, are you doing? Yeah, for me, like, I think just how different and special Blade Runner and Hereditary are, even especially for their own genres, make them stand out. Whereas, like, Parasite, I think, is a really, really, really well-done film about that subject matter. But it's not even my favorite Bong Joon-ho movie. Like, I don't even think it's his best work. I just think it's an incredibly well-made movie, and it gets its point across really well. But it's just not his... It's not even the first time he's gone at this subject matter, really. He's, he, done, he did the same thing with Snowpiercer, honestly. And I think that uh, is a more interesting world and a more fun way to talk about that same dynamic. That actually is pretty fair. Also, Sn- Snowpiercer is a really good movie, too. It's very good. Yeah. It makes the um, top three. Snowpiercer. We'll put it in all three. <laughs> we'll, we'll snub the people who are listening. Yeah. Um, I mean, I will I say, like, that's, that's, that could be a next year movie because I haven't seen Snowpiercer. So. Oh, it's so good. I've only seen bits and pieces. So I really don't even know what it's about. It's pretty good. It's very good. But yeah, I would say just for, like, because, like I said, you watch Parasite and you watch the second or third time and, like, you know what you're getting yourself into while watching that movie, you know, in multiple viewings of it. Compared to, I feel like with Hereditary and Blade Runner, like you would probably get something different while watching those on multiple viewings. I feel like there's more of a sense of discovery with those. Yeah, there definitely is. Considering like even with the Hereditary, like while we were discussing that movie too, like you're like, so did you guys uh, pay attention to this scene? And whenever this happened, like that completely went past me. Like that happened during that scene. Like that happened a lot with Hereditary. So as is are what we're sitting at as parasites going, is that where we're sitting? I think we agreed the thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, with what you guys say, I can't really deny it. Like, the most is like with Blade Runner, I just didn't get the same feeling. But Parasite probably does lose a bit on a rewatch because you know where it's going. Whereas yeah. that was it floored me. And that's why I loved Parasite so much on my initial viewing. And I think that that just has to do with Bong Joon-ho's being an incredibly well-pronounced director, I would say. He knows exactly what he's doing. Um, every single project from here on out, I'm definitely going to be all eyes on him kind of thing, and I think it's going to be really just interesting to see what he does next, but like I said, this isn't even my favorite Bong Joon-ho movie. That is fair. All right, so, but we got to make the we got to make another cut. Yeah, because as of right now, we it's between Hereditary, Blade Runner, and The Thing. And we've all kind of had an agreement that uh, It's Such a Beautiful Day is locked in. So it's between those three movies of what's going to get cut to be the top three. Yeah, at this point, it really is choosing which child do you drown in the tub. <laughs> Our Sophie's Choice of movies for this year. <laughs> Last place we're in, we're just waiting in shit trying to get out of the shit creek. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, so who do we bludgeon to death at the end of this compared to like, so which child do we keep kind of? Man, this, hmm. is, this, is, this is tough. This is tough. Let's talk about The Thing some, because we all agree that The Thing is really, really great. Um, We haven't really talked about why it's so great. So let's talk about The Thing. All right. I think it's kind of the same thing as what we were saying with Blade Runner and Hereditary. Like you can get, I don't want to say different things, but like you can notice little nuances uh, in repeat viewings of that, though, because like it it is very open ended in the way that it does a lot of things. And like a good example would be like the ending of that movie. Like I really love the way that they ended the movie of like, okay, like. So are both of them human or both of them are is one of them uh, the thing are both of them the thing like you just don't know what's going on at the end of that or movie and like they leave little subtle hints of like what could be happening at the end of that. But it's all very open ended 
and also like for how great the action scenes are they do just as well for the scenes in silence too where like you're just in anticipation and on the edge of your seat of what's going to happen next and also even with like some of the body horror stuff in there too that just comes out of left field like i think a good example of that would be like the autopsy scene of that one uh, I remember the very first time watching that movie during the autopsy scene where they were like trying to learn more about this thing. And then like it just randomly grows teeth in the middle of its chest and bites off that guy's arms. Like <laughs> that scene, like whenever I first watched that movie, I had like that whole, holy shit, what just happened moment. Yeah. Like the, it, the thing about the thing is that it's able to keep the mystery and suspense throughout the entire thing. By placing you in exactly the same place where it's placing all of its characters, because none of yeah. them know what's going on either. And because of that, you feel like you're kind of involved in the story, and you feel like you're kind of there with them, at least for me personally. And so it feels like you have more of an investment, even though the movie moves at such a quick pace, honestly, that it's really hard to really get to know these characters. You feel like you still have like a favor or somebody you're cheering for, or like yeah. someone you think is the thing, because it just got, does such a great job of putting you in their shoes. It just seems like the thing is like what everyone who makes a whodunit movie like what they aspire for. Just the constant. Yeah. <laughs> just don't. Because it really is. It's a it's a whodunit horror, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then it's 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 that's why it's 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 like I don't know. I I would say when I was young, because that's when I watched this movie the first time. I'm pretty sure looking back on it, this movie is what affected afterwards when I would play games or something, how I insisted most people had to die. So I remember watching this and I'd get really invested in the personalities because they create these really, they create these good archetypes. Cause even though none of the characters really speak for long, you know, these characters, yeah. right? Um, they're, they're extremely drawn out even for as little time as some of them get there, you know them and you kind of don't want to watch some of them die, even though you don't really haven't spent much time with them, you're like ah, oh, I like that guy. Yeah, yeah, right? exactly. It's it's extremely it's an extremely stimulating experience, and it's and it and it's it 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 follows through. You know, this yeah. is a movie you could just watch over and over again because it it does it it follows through. I mean, you you finish that movie, you don't have a solid answer, right? You you still don't know all the facts. I I honestly, it does a lot of amazing things like it, it nails the mystery right on the head it does a great job at the horror it does a great job at the gore with all the practical effects mixed in and it does a great job at just the characters and the acting like i think is something that doesn't really get mentioned a lot is that for the insane things that are happening around them the actors are honestly very underplayed like they're not crazy caricatures they're very in the moment like they feel like they belong in this world yeah you also could like kind of grow up wanting to be I like like I don't know I just yeah you, you I feel like growing up like you want if if you if you got your cues from horror you're like oh look at all these people handling this the situation all grim and stuff and it's like I, there's 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 almost this value for for that that too yeah you know um, I would say that um with this like. There's not like there's not really a bad decision in that movie, too, because like, you know, you can always like watch a horror movie and be like, oh, don't go up those stairs or like, oh, don't go into the cemetery or something like that. And like you can't like really look at the thing and be like they made a poor decision and that's why they deserve to die during the scene or something like that. Like it 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 like there there's no dumb characters in that movie, if that makes sense. 
Yeah, like, like they, it, it's a perfect catastrophe. You literally what they they had that dog walking around for a whole day. How do you? That's why none of the decisions can be bad because you literally have just been put in a situation that is and totally like fucks everything up, but not in a stupid way. How was anybody supposed to know any of that was going to happen? Right. You I know? mean, it's it's kind of one of those like if you were just like walking down the street and you saw a guy shooting at a dog, you're not going to automatically be like like well yeah, there's a good reason why he's doing that. I'm going to leave him be kind of thing. Like kind of like how that movie <laughs> starts with the. Uh... <laughs> You know exactly what I'm talking about. I just came to get him a double, but there's a guy shooting at a dog. I he knows what he's doing. I'm gonna keep Ian. Yeah. You know, I honestly believe you play out the situation and the thing a thousand times, and you're gonna have about the same situation yeah. play out. You know, because that's what you're gonna let the dog. You don't want the dog with your dogs. Doesn't make sense, right? This is a foreign dog. Let it walk around the place. Whatever. What you're gonna put it out in the cold? No one's gonna think about the fucking dog. Everyone's gonna do what they want to do. Then you find out. That's like the worst catastrophe that could possibly happen. Like, you mean that thing was fucking infected and it's been it's been around us for a fucking day. What do you do? Yeah. What do you fucking do? Right. You know, like I mean, that's a perfect catastrophe. Another ver- uh, another thing to argue with the thing also is look at the biggest game that came out or not even came out this year. The biggest game that was played this year was Among Us, which is basically futuristic. The thing. Yeah, actually. Yeah. Pretty much. Can I can I just say something wild here? Can we lock in the thing? I feel, I feel like, like that's fair at this point. Yeah, considering none of us have anything bad to say about that movie, I think it might we might be able to lock in the thing. I'm not happy about it, but whatever. <laughs> I can't. I don't have an argument against it. I just you know, <laughs> like the, I think the only like thing in the podcast I said was dumb. Is like I was I kind of joked that it's so weird that he has like a computer program that can simulate this thing that would never exist and it's just like random he was like quick run the illegal alien parasite program real quick and he was like oh shit we all die that's true i mean yeah. like, that's just because they had to have some way for him to know and and it, like, but it's not a glaring thing. Like you, you yeah. don't even think twice about it. But you're right. You, you would, you'd literally have to build that from the ground up. Yeah, you yeah. can't just be like, oh, I'll just insert it in my other bio, <laughs> my other bio slot or whatever. The yeah, fuck. like th- this wasn't computer technology in 1982. Like the <laughs> fact that they actually had a computer that they could play chess against was amazing within itself. But all right, Hereditary versus Blade Runner. This. This is going to be hard. This one's tough. A movie I haven't seen in a movie I wasn't too <laughs> talking, not too positive. <laughs> well, who's it going to be? This one's hard. I mean, one thing I could argue with with Blade Runner is like it has more time underneath its belt. Like, I guess that's a good argument for the thing, too, is like that movie came out in 1982 and was critically hated and then came out to be like a lot of people's favorite horror movies later on. So like that movie was very ahead of its time to be the cult classic that it is now. Kind of like Blade Runner was another movie that kind of critically, I don't want to say critically flopped, but just like not a lot of people watched it and became the cult classic that it is now. And Hereditary just doesn't have the time put in to say that it's a cult classic yet. I don't know if that's really something we can like use. I know that's what I'm saying. It's not exactly like, yeah, you can't really hold it against it that it was made two years ago compared to the movies that are, you know, in their what? 30s now? Yeah. 30s or 40s? Just be like, get out of here, hereditary. You should have been made already. Polar opposites too, because I mean, you look at Blade Runner. It's like this 
beautiful thing that's just so unreal, you know? And it's just like, how is this, how is this here? I don't understand this thing. And then, and uh, Hereditary, what really bothers me about that movie is because it's so fucking real. Even with all the, the, the paranormal shit, like, I don't like looking at that movie too closely because that movie really does, it's like, it's like grief in a bottle. That's, that's just, it's, it's really, you know, it's too real. It's a very, very real movie. I guess I want to ask, what are the flaws of Hereditary the movie? Not not it's too real, because that's kind of more abstract. Like, is there a flaw with the movie? Because we kind of discussed flaws, at least the flaws I have with Blade Runner. I guess I was just making a parallel about they're just very different. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Like, it is hard to compare. Yeah, it's you're 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 appreciating. That's that's the thing, like hereditary i don't know the the problem is the grief is so thick in that movie parts of that movie that would probably be boring in any other situation feel very ugly so it's it's hard to it's it's literally like if someone spit grief in your face it just kind of clouds everything it's in it's in everything it's it makes the most innocent thing ominous and for a good reason because it ends in calamity yeah you know? Uh, I was going to say, because, yeah, like there are scenes in that movie wherever it's basically just showing the family grieving. And so, like, it's just kind of almost a cut of like watching people just staring at the floor. But you understand why they have those scenes in the movie because it's very needed for it. So, like, there are, like I'm... I said, there are some scenes in that movie, like, they're just kind of building up towards something better. But those scenes are also still needed in that movie. See, like, I, I guess the problem in explaining it is I'm using the most powerful emotion you see in it, which is grief. But that's not those other really malicious demons that follow. There's resentment. I know that the resentment between the mom and the, the son is almost unbearable to watch. Uh, there's the underlying mental illness, the breakdown of the son. Um, there's the, the dynamic between the husband and wife. You know, there's a lot of different emotions at play, too, but they're like little imps flying around this really big, nasty dragon. And it all just comes out. Even the parts, there's this, there's these parts with this neighbor, E, where she's trying to help. And even though that should be the relief, and obviously it isn't the relief, it still feels really bad. It feels like when, like, like someone religious peddles you escape and you know that it's going to be unhealthy, like this escapism. And so it just shows you all these really ugly sides, you know, and it's 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 ugly. It's really ugly. And then fucking uh, Blade Runner is very like mystical. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, what, like a, so it's the, the best comparison I could have or something our touch point for you, e, I would say, is, you know, like those first 15 minutes of Midsummer. Yeah. Where it just feels grief and empty and everything feels like it hurts. Right. That's everything in Hereditary. That's two and a half hours of just that feeling. It is kind of, uh, it's almost like, for Rocky saying it, it feeling very real, it's almost like finding out that your best friend's parents died and then watching your best friend spiral down this very bad drug addiction and then realizing that there's nothing you can do to save him as he's spiraling down this hole. Like, that's pretty much the feeling that hereditary has, which is why we were saying like, I was saying that something that's against it is that that movie is almost too heavy at points. 
and the heaviness isn't like a fake heavy. It's not like, oh, the goblins are eating the face. I really like these characters. This is like you you mentally resist it because you feel that this is a this is a hole that you could walk into. That yeah, you are right. literally that someone's opened up a case of cheeses, like, do you like them because you're about to fucking express. You will be the cheese. You will be in this box, you bitch. <laughs> it's something that I say every now and then because, like, every now and then, since we, I feel like I'm not the only person who does this. Like that follows people who have a dark sense of humor on Facebook. Every now and then they'll like say something as a joke, but it feels a little bit too real. And my res- only response to that is, I would laugh if it didn't hurt a little bit. And that's yeah. and honestly like. There's a lot of points in Hereditary to where you do end up laughing because it's just so incredibly uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, like the dinner scene, whenever she starts oh, man, saying, all, when they start arguing, and she has that line, and she's like, and I can't help but be annoyed by that face on your fucking face. And like, when you think about that line, it's really silly and dumb, but the way that she delivers it, you awkwardly laugh because you're so uncomfortable with how much you feel this character feels this pain. And how they yeah. can't stand to look at their own son because it reminds them of the thing that he did that destroyed the family. Like, it's hard. That movie is just, in so many words, it is just hard to watch. Yeah. But at the same time, like, we're trying to say this as, like, maybe this is against the movie, but at the same time, it's for the movie, too. Right. Because, like, that's so, my like, point. It's like, you guys, the way you talk about this movie just feels a lot stronger than when you're talking about Blade Runner to me. And that's really ultimately what I'm getting at. Yeah, I don't know how to talk about Blade Runner is the problem. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like another good example of something like that, too. would be like it'd be hard to compare that movie to like Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings trilogy is fantastic in every way, shape and form. But it'd be harder to talk about that than it would be to talk about Hereditary. It'd be like if one arm started becoming like gangrenous. And it's just like, you know, you're going to have to cut it off and it really fucking hurts. And your other arm warped into like this multidimensional spherical form. You're like, oh, that's awful. What the fuck are you? (laughs) (laughs) Like one arm is gangrenous and falling off. The other one turns into a basilisk made of diamonds. (laughs) (laughs) It's like escapism versus starkest reality, you know? Yeah, but. God, that's actually a good way to put it is like one is is kind of escapism because it is very sci fi in the way that it handles everything. But it asks like, you know, a very real question. And then the other one is just like, you know, the bottom pit of despair, man. This is (sighs) this is this is hard, like in my heart of hearts of the movies that I would want to move forward into the top three. I think it's hereditary. But at the same time, like, Blade Runner is just such another level thing. Right. And like I said, that was kind of my argument with it is, like, Blade Runner is really good, too. And we've made a very, very strong case for Hereditary. But Blade Runner is still, like, such a good movie. And, like, despite the fact that, like, even Dry has said, like, it never has done well theater-wise or, like, movie sales-wise. But it's such a cult classic. And, like, that movie is going to be timeless. Like, I feel... Even whenever we get to like 2049, people will actually watch both those movies and be like, oh, yeah, this is kind of like they're looking to the future. But it asks that very important question of like, what is it actually a person? Which everything's so well threaded in Blade Runner and none of the threads mean anything, which, you know, 
Something that they actually kind of touch upon, which I heard recently since I told you guys I listened to a lot of uh, video essays on YouTube, is uh, I went or went to like one rabbit hole. They asked like, what is like one of the scariest questions you could a- are ask someone? And they said like, because um, like, you know, the Turing test is the test to see like how close humans and machines get to each other. Mm-hmm. And they said like, what if machines actually get so smart that they realize it's a bad idea to pass the Turing test and so they purposefully fail it. And so like what if we already made an AI that like has hit singularity but we haven't been aware of it yet because it's smart enough to know not to pass the Turing test. And that kind of also falls into, you know, an argument you'd have like with Blade Runner. I'm just that would be really impressive if we managed to accidentally make a machine that smart. <laughs> and we'll we can barely, we would never imagine like if we did or not. They like put this like machine like they're doing the Turing test and they start asking like questions or they have it like simulating out answers. And it's just like, uh, beep, boop, boop. <laughs> <laughs> well, like that, that was, that's kind of like what the void comp test is for that mo- or for uh blade runner. Yeah, when you think about it, Turing test. Yeah. But like, that's the thing is like they have, it gets to the point in blade runner too, like that they have machines or not machines. They have a uh, replicants that could pretty much almost pass the void comp test or pass their Turing tests. And like, it kind of asks that, like, what if they get so smart enough that they realize that they can actually get past these certain, are these certain boundaries that we set for them? But I wouldn't say that Blade Runner goes into the intelligence of the machine. It's more of the emotion of the machine. Yeah. And could they be so convinced that they are real and have such genuine emotion that they or anybody around them wouldn't know the difference? Right. And like, it's, like Rocky said, it's been explored in other avenues too. Like, um, it got explored a lot with um, Battlestar Galactica, whatever the hell those machines are called. I want to call it a Scion, but like, it's they're not Cy- Cylons. Yeah, Cylon. So like, it, it got explored in that. And like, I remember there was an anime that uh, me and Dry watched growing up that also explored that. Like, they actually had a machine in there that was wholly convinced it was a human until like they um did something in its programming to where it just showed its our. Or it showed its uh, metal skeleton to itself and just like, but what about like these these memories I had as a child kind of thing? And like, oh, well, those are all programmed into you. Get over it. And like, then it like, I don't know. There's just like a lot of questions and ideas in Blade Runner that like, it just makes it so good. Like I said, it is very much like the base storyline of Blade Runner isn't really all that interesting, but the questions it makes you ask along along the way is what makes it so captivating too. But those questions themselves, I mean, they've been asked a thousand times. It's those themselves aren't that interesting either. And the last point of living and what was it mean to live in itself has been asked a thousand times. The promptly everything about Blade Runner has been cookie cuttered so many times. It doesn't have stark meaning. And then when you watch Blade Runner, it all means a lot. That's 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 the thing. I, it's like, how do I even talk about this movie? Because every aspect I talk about this movie has been done so many times that when I bring it up, I will literally want to vomit, but not in the way that Blade Runner has done it, you know, yeah. in the way that I still haven't seen. I go watch Blade Runner now and I, I could tell you I'd be a movie I hadn't watched. I know that's going to sound ridiculous, but that's the truth, especially because I wasn't paying attention to the story. <laughs> It is a case of, uh, you know, a thousand imitators, but none of them are as good as the original. Look, I'm going to have an un- unpop. Well, maybe not unpopular. I, I don't know. Um, the problem that I'm coming into is that I can't realistically 
rate Blade Runner because I feel like when I've watched Blade Runner, it was like seeing something I wasn't necessarily invited to. I know the parts of Blade Runner. I don't understand why it works so well. I know why Hereditary works. I can tell you a thousand reasons. For that reason alone, and because of the history of Blade Runner, it's not unreasonable to give this to Hereditary. Only because we have a substantial reason why it works. And Baby Blade Runner is just escapes definition. And that's okay. That doesn't take away the quality of the movie. It seems historically, like you said, it hasn't been popular. But people who give it a sit down see the value. It fits with its persona. You know, it's one of those things that you can really value, but it slips away, right? I'm going to cry. God, that was such a good speech. Rebecca. <laughs> that actually was a good argument. Like, I'm, honestly, I'm not going to lie. I do agree with you, Rocky. But, like, we're pretty much asking the question of what's more important, the question or the feeling behind uh, what you're viewing. Because, like, I, I think that's what it is, is, like, we have this uh, less of an emotional attachment to Blade Runner. But, you know, we feel like it's good to, like, you know, if it wasn't for Blade Runner, a lot of those questions that you said that were asked a thousand times in other mediums probably wouldn't have been asked at all. But like with Hereditary, like I said, there's that strong emotional attachment to it. So it it is it does make this decision so much harder. I don't think Hereditary will ever give me as much as Blade Runner has given me, but I'm going to choose Hereditary because I, I can explain how that works. I can't I can't explain I can't explain Blade Runner. I mean, I could tell you that it's an extraordinarily beautiful movie. I can tell you that, you know, it has a really, the substance to it is incredible, but I can't tell you why it all matters. But it does, it really fucking matters. That movie's, but I can tell you why it works for Hereditary. So I I gotta go with Hereditary. I think I agree with you on that. Of Just being able to pinpoint the things of why it is a good movie are important to saying that it is a good movie. Because like I said, Blade Runner feels kind of ethereal in a way. Like it it just sort of exists. And it gives you this feeling that I honestly, I can't explain. I really can't explain how I, the way that I feel every time that I pop that disc in and watch that movie. It's just a very, I don't know. Which, it's a great feeling, but like I can't explain it. I can't put my finger on it. Towards the argument, with like, I think Rocky may have actually sold for what's going to be at the top three of this one. Because that is very true. It's uh. Blade Runner is a painting is an abstract painting and you really like that abstract painting, but you could not pinpoint one reason why you like that painting compared to uh, a powerful photo of like, you know, a woman holding their child or a crying child during a middle of war. Like you can pinpoint like why that's such a powerful photo that was taken. So like there is that argument. And so, yeah, I guess you are right. Like I have to agree with Rocky and that's why hereditary probably does deserve to be on the top three more than Blade Runner. Yeah. It's like Blade Runner is a stranger. You've seen a thousand times in the faces of others. And then you realize you've never, you meet this thing and you've never seen it before. doesn't mean you understand it. You know, you just know that it's unique and that's the reason why you've seen it a thousand times before. And hereditary is that thing in the dark that, you know, very well, that you don't want to see and you don't want you want to look away but you can't because you know it's always there and you know exactly what it is you just want to ignore it right you got it i think that means we're kicking blade runner out 
which means that was a tough choice. That was that was hard. Um, we have to figure out what's our number one, two, and three between Hereditary, It's Such a Beautiful Day, and The Thing. My argument for It's Such a Beautiful Day is without us even really having to get into a lot of detail about it, we were able to just say like it's locked in right away, and. There was a lot of conversation to have about that, like for how much we talked about, like the emotional attachment for hereditary and how it's kind of an ethereal thing for Blade Runner. It's such a beautiful day was both. And it did it in such a great way that became such a huge conversation piece between me, dry and E. And like that movie was just like it came completely out of left field. Like it's something I didn't know what to expect when I first saw it, but I had like one little internet short that the guy made before as like a way of like, Oh, like, so this is what I think the movie's going to be. And it totally wasn't that. It's such a beautiful experience. Honestly, like when yeah. I talk about like Jurassic park being like this big bombastic movie theater experience, I feel like it's such a beautiful day is an intimate experience in a way where it lets you discuss and think about life and your life. And where you place in the world in a way that so few pieces of medium do. And just so abrasive and in your face with the way that it does it. Like, it doesn't hide behind anything. It just says exactly the thing that it wants to say in the moment it's saying it. And in the way that any normal person would think about it. Like, one of the things in the movie where he starts talking about how he doesn't want to go out into the world anymore. And because he doesn't like going to the grocery store. And then he's like, and then there's all these people with their crotches at fruit height just right next to the fruit. And it's this thing that like you're walking through and you're having these weird thoughts in your head while you're like at the grocery store. And then you think like, man, that guy's dick is close to that peach. I don't want those peaches now. And like, (laughs) it's just that very human way of like thinking about something that it pulls off so well. Um, And, and seamlessly, like it doesn't ever feel false in any way. It feels so genuine and authentic. Um, It's such a beautiful day is really just an incredible film. Yeah. I feel like also with like, I I feel like at the end of that movie, it'd be very easy to like call up an old friend that you haven't talked to in a long time and tell them like, hey, like, I just wanted to let you know that I appreciate you. Kind of like it kind of helps you appreciate more about life in a weird way. Yeah. Like you can watch that movie. And then after that, like the rest of your day, the, the sun shines just a little bit brighter. The grass is just a little bit greener and the food that you eat, it just tastes a little bit better. Um, I'm going to vie for it's such a beautiful day to be number one same yeah oh i'm gonna say is that was really touching robbie but i never got a call from you i do just like i really want to speak for how much of like a visual masterpiece it's such a beautiful day is too it is insane how this man can give you these visuals that are almost like just slightly better stick figures but can tell a story in such a visually amazing way and you never really doubt like the the movie you don't there's no time where you get taken out of the movie because of the visuals i would say in fact i think this movie would could not exist without this like super specific vision that Don Hertzfeld had. Like there's, I don't think this is a movie that can be told in live action nearly as well. And in fact, I don't know if I would even say this is a movie that if it was strictly animation would be as good because it's the blend of all the mediums that lead this movie to be such a masterpiece. 
honestly. It takes minimalism and it turns into a very beautiful thing, which I guess a good way to actually describe that too is uh, while you were like saying that thing and describing it, it kind of reminded me of, uh, I remember whenever I was living in Salt Lake City uh, at the mall that they had there, they were doing a, they were doing a art contest with chalk and there were some really good ones too. Like there were some like legitimate artists uh, that were, you know, making these very beautiful chalk drawings on the sidewalk. And out of all of them, there was only one to this day that I could tell you exactly what it was. And it kind of makes me also think of like, it's such a beautiful day was uh, it was like you said, just a little bit better than stick figures, like a child's drawing of like a mother and a father. And then like a realistic chalk drawing of a little girl, like kind of laying down in the fetal position on top of these two chalk drawings. And that one hit me emotionally more than any other chalk drawing that happened on there. And like that kind of also sums up a beautiful day when, like I said, in a way of like beautiful minimalism to where like it wouldn't have worked any other way. So that leaves the question of what's number two. I think aesthetically it should be the thing. Cause I was, I was thinking about the relationship we've had with hereditary so far. It's always been like, Oh, these movies are really good. There's that woman over there that keeps following us. <laughs> and think about like for the thing for like everything that does well too. It's also in a weird way, a popcorn movie. Like it, it is very entertaining to watch. It is very edgy. Your seat, like shoveling popcorn in your mouth while you're trying to see what's happened or happens next. And there is something like Rocky has said it many times. It's hard to think of something bad about the thing. Right. Yeah. There is so much good about that movie. Actually, the only gripe I have about that movie is that it's so short and it's not a, it's not really a short movie. No. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, I just I wish there was more because it, it does leave you wanting. It's, it's not satisfying because of how well it's done. You wish like, ah, oh, I wish, wish there was more. Yeah, I just want more of this thing. And there's never been more of that thing. There's only been the thing. Well, they've tried, but they failed. Well, well, those, don't, those don't count. No, there's, <laughs> been, there's been arguments with that too, because like there, there was a 2000 and uh, 2011 is what it was, uh, where they did a prequel to it, and that one was pretty. It, it's not as good as the original movie, but it does add a little bit of nuance to it, like uh, to what the original movie is, and like there's there is some arguments on whether it's actually even needed or not online that I see. Like there's some people that are arguing that like it makes the original movie better. And there's other people that are saying like, yeah, it's not needed. Like it's, it's just a fucking little tie in that people did as a cash grab. They could probably also argue that with like the, the PS2 game or something like that. But then there's also the fact that weird, like the thing is actually a remake of an even earlier movie. Yeah. Yeah. We talked about that at length at, in the podcast episode. So if you want to yeah. hear more about that thing, you know, listen to that thing. Want to hear more I about that thing. I just remember watching thing, that movie and I thing, wasn't very satisfied. With the thing, with the 2011, the, oh. the 2011 version. It just, oh, yeah. I just wasn't impressed. I, I'll, I'll go back and watch it again. Cause maybe it was just, maybe it was me, you know. But I mean, the last time that I watched it was like around the time that it came out, with, or in 2011. But uh, the reliance on the digital effects is the thing that takes away from it, honestly. Yeah, and like I said, it in my opinion, uh, for just the memories I have of the 2011 version, not as good as the original, but it's not bad. Um. But I think that puts us at putting the thing at number two. Yeah. Which means Hereditary gets third place. Yeah. It's it's the emotional third scar that we have. <laughs> I think it's aesthetically pleasing that this thing just follows all the way from <laughs> where it was seen 
to just lingering at the corner of our peripheral. I do want to say, death is a big topic for all of our topics. <laughs> yeah, that is fair. You know what? That fits the year. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> maybe, uh, yeah, like... maybe it's just the year that this podcast came out because there were a lot of movies that we talked about this year that we uh, talked that we just basically said like, yeah, like it just hit me at a certain time in my life. Like if I saw this at any different point in my time in my life, I probably think less of this movie, but because I watched it at this point, it hits with me. I would argue that what's really cool about the three movies we chose though, is I feel like, and I haven't seen the one on the top, so maybe I'm wrong on this. It seems like you could watch these three at any time in your life, you know, and it transcends past circumstance. Yes. That they're just very heavy. Heavy hitters, not heavy like hereditary, yeah, but heavy right. hitters like yeah, right now. Yeah. So number three, what is it, Rocky? It's uh, I guess it's hereditary. Hey, hey. Robbie, hey. what's number two? The thing. Which means E. What's our number one movie of the year? It's such a beautiful day. There you have it, folks. We did. This it. means I win. I did it. <laughs> I won the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that was that was a long discussion. Not to put it in like the same realm, but that was kind of a Sophie's choice. It was it was it was our Sophie's choice. Yeah, that sure probably means something. So Sophie's choice, I think, started out as a book, but it is also a movie. It is literally a movie about a mother having to choose between her four children. Oh, okay. Like, so she has to choose like which one she keeps and which ones like go into the foster care system. Gotcha. Yeah, so it's like, what is the toughest possible choice you would have to make? And, and we that decided was... to send Blade Runner off to foster care. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's fitting with its sequel, I suppose. I mean, the reason why is because it's going to float through the fucking walls and drift into the sky. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, uh... I know. <laughs> All right, man. End of the year. That was fantastic. We went through a lot of lists. We ranked a bunch of stuff. That was some good times. That was good. That was the the best of choice was so much harder than the worst of. Yeah. Yeah. We got to look back at the entire year, though, and reminisce on recording all those things. How's that feel? That was kind of nice. I'm tired. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this was definitely a marathon for sure. Yeah, it was. But uh, I want to say everybody out there who is listening to us, thank you so, so, so much. Uh, We really appreciate all of it, honestly. Uh, any, any fan that we have is just incredible. Cause I never thought we would have even one. So I'm pretty happy. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to say thank you to E Rocky and Robbie for coming and, uh, just doing this thing with me when I came out of nowhere and was like, Hey, I want to do this thing. You guys in, um, so that's been, yeah, really, sure. <laughs> that's been really great. Thank you guys for that. Yeah, of course. And, um, I guess I'll say if you guys want to get a hold of us anywhere, you can do that uh, through our email, the last ones in podcast at gmail.com. Again, the last ones in podcast at gmail.com. And we are on social media Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Last ones in and last ones in podcast. You can find us respectively there. Yeah, we have one special bonus episode coming out on Christmas Day. So keep an eye out for that. It's going to be a lot of fun, I think. It's going to be real dumb and silly. We're going to enjoy it a lot. 
But until that bonus episode in the next year, I hope you guys have a great end of the year. Talk to you later. Peace out. Bye. Bye.